The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. PlayStation. special episode of PSXP, the Final Fantasy VII Remake Review Cast Part 2. Well, this is kind of Part 3, actually. Um, so we are actually going to be doing a little special buffer before the full episode, because um, we had a small incident with a, a side character in Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Nathan, do you want to explain what's going on? Okay. So here's what happened, right? I was doing everything. Everything was fine. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I, I walk away from my computer and like this little whoosh bear, I heard it like pass by me as I was going downstairs. I was like, what was that? I didn't think about it, you know? But then I came back upstairs and everything seemed like it was all in place, but you know, something wasn't quite right. And then Justin tells me, hey, your audio is only 10 minutes long. And I'm like, oh no. So what I figured was that little whoosh of air was none other than Yuffie. She came and she stole most of my audio. Like she would steal material, right? Yeah. She stole my audio. I, I think that's what I mean, happened. It's yeah. I I that's the only thing I could think of. That's all that happened. Um but seriously, uh I don't know what happened. This is like the first time that I've ever created a file that was four gigs <laughs> and it was only like nine minutes long. Yeah, I, I downloaded so, the file and I was like, oh this is gonna be like some high quality audio and I was like uh, there's only like eight minutes on here and yeah. I panicked a little bit and then so um, but so I am posting the original episode um, I'm going to cut down the awkward silences when, when we're expecting you to talk um, so it might the sound silence a, of the Nathan yeah it might sound a little bit funny but I think it'll sound mostly natural um, and I have to profusely apologize to you and to Delvin and especially to Dev who like raced to get the game done <laughs> so we could all record together. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I, uh, I enjoyed our conversation. Too bad it'll be lost to eternity. True. I mean, and truthfully, we do podcasts like these because we want to talk to each other. We just record it so we can put it out um, through P- uh, PSVG. Um, so I, we still had a great conversation. We uh, talked for probably an hour and a half. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, this full episode might be closer to two hours We'll see how long me and you talk, um, because I, I mean, hey, we're we're the dream team, right? I mean, me and you. That's, that's right. Um, I mean, way back when, man, we started it yeah, out. That's right. So, um, yeah, I I guess 
the way we set, set this up is part two was really everything from meeting Arif to the very end of the game um, because we don't want to have our conversation go on for too long without the full episode. Um, we'll probably skip through a lot of the story stuff, but I absolutely have to get some key things from you. Your thoughts mm-hmm. on music, your thoughts certainly on the ending, um, but your thoughts on some key characters such as the Turks, um, some side characters that kind of weirdly make an appearance and, and um, cutscenes. Um, oh, and something that this is actually kind of interesting because because we already had a conversation last week, I've kept thinking about the game, and now me and you can talk about more stuff that I've been thinking about. Because um, I wanted to talk about just a little bit. I don't think we talked about like the CG in this game, like how mm-hmm. cool it is to go from like pretty really good looking like normal models, you know, the, the fight, you know, the, your normal cutscene models, and then they cut to CG every once in a while, and it's like, ooh, that's really nice. Um, you know, as you were saying that. Uh, my brain was kind of working, you know, because we're talking about Final Fantasy Six, so we're just going to go full yes. on bore spoilers here. By the way, don't don't yes don't yes. listen to yep. play the game. So my thought is, we have both been through this before, you and I, this podcast. So we know it's coming <laughs> in this podcast, and so we're trying to make sure things go on track, but not uh, not altered too much, right? Yes. So I mean, this is kind of very appropriate yes. <laughs> to be happening. So in that scenario, is are the ghosts the ones that stole your audio? To try to make I, I, the analogy isn't working, I don't think. But you know, I think uh, Aerith probably in this analogy stole the audio. Okay, yes, because she's trying to stop Sephiroth from taking over, and he's the real threat. Yes, and all that other That's stuff. That's true. From um, well, let's start with Aerith um, and the relationship between Cloud, Aerith, and Tifa, and kind of how all that plays out. Um, there's, that's, we talked about a lot, we're going to talk about it with the rest of the group later on, but we kind of talked about how there's, uh, significant scenes where you can, depending on who you talk to the most or do, you can have different, uh, characters talk to you in these cutscenes. Um, so the biggest one of all for me was, uh, who you talk to after you go back to Aerith's house and, um... (laughs) You have a key scene out in the flowers, and I can't remember now what you said you, you who you had in that scene. So in my original playthrough, I had Tifa. Okay. She was the one that was out there. Yes, and that's who I had uh, as well. The second, second time through, I had Barrett, and the third time was Aaron. And did you do the Barrett on purpose? or? <laughs> Actually, no. Um, so I went back, and I, I realized that that's those were where that scene was, and I just went back to that area because it was at the very beginning of a chapter, yeah. and just saw like what... I had before, but it actually ended up being Barrett because I must have made a different decision earlier on the game. Yeah. Um, so that uh, ac- accidentally just kind of got Barrett, but then I tried to get Aerith yeah. for the third time. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about Aerith's character in this game and kind of how she acts? She does act just slightly off um, from the original, um, especially towards the later end of the game when she starts to realize something funky is going on. Um, yeah, what did you think of Aerith, her, her voice acting, her character in this game? Voice acting was okay. I mean, it's interesting when you look at this game where we've voiced them ourselves in our heads. Yeah, you know, before as we read all the dialogue. It's like it's and, like a, when a movie comes out that was based on a book. You've already got those characters' voices in your head. Now you have to hear it in a movie or see it in a movie. It's very similar mm-hmm. to that. Where playing these old school are what were old school RPGs where you're reading all the text. It's it's very strange. Yeah, it's it's definitely different, right? But. Uh, honestly, for for Aerith, it was fine. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It was just kind of right in the middle, yeah. where I thought it was okay. 
Um, you know, when she first started out, it was you know kind of just like that. She's shooing the whispers away, and she's once she's reintroduced to you, like the conversations that you have, her voice kind of fits to the character that they that they're portraying. Um, so it makes sense. I love Tifa's voice actor. She was fantastic. Um, and I also thought Cloud was on point too. And uh, Barrett and Jesse and Biggs and Wedge, they were all they were all great. Yeah. Like the Charlie she- Charlie Sheen dude sounded like Charlie Sheen. Um, <laughs> you have to. I mean, so, there's something weird going on there for sure. Um, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think I voice acting I think was pretty good in this game, better than I expected. Because um, I don't typically love um, voice acting or, or the really the dialogue in a lot of JRPGs, modern ones anyways. Um, I really enjoyed all the dialogue in this game. So, um, Turks. That's right. Yes. Um, they have a little bit of a bigger role. Yeah, you get to see more of them, I think, in the in this version mm-hmm. of the game than you did in the original. Um, they're still in the same key um, story beats, but you just get to see a little bit more of them. They just they look awesome now. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Did you have any thoughts on the first Reno fight, which was? kind of a change of pace for fighting for boss fights and then mean rude and that how that all played out so the individual fights between reno and rude were, were both really good i liked them a lot um the whole fight in the church with uh, uh reno the first time uh i can't remember if that was in chapter eight i think it probably was yeah. the beginning of chapter eight um and then that was just a fun fight you had to figure out how to parry how to block and uh if you on the second time through, it's like a walk in the park, but it's a really fun fight. Anytime it gets to a one-on-one fight, uh, it's actually pretty fun to figure out the strategy that you can use to overcome it. Uh, it's really great. Uh, same thing goes for the rude fight the first time we see him by himself. Uh, I enjoyed that fight too. He just comes after you all the time. He kind of lays off of Aerith a little bit, you can tell, but if you're playing as Cloud, he definitely comes at you, um, which again plays into the fight later on on the tower when... If you are, uh, if you take down Reno and then you t- switch to Tifa and Rude's left, he kind of goes easy on Tifa mm. because he has a crush on yeah. her. Um, and you know, that's alluded to from the helicopter pulling away earlier in the game. Yeah, but, such a cool um, story. Yeah, such a cool detail. Yeah, all kinds of little details, little plot points that may be over the head of people that are just playing it and don't realize yeah. what's happening. But it's fantastic just to see them do as much as they did with this game. The fan service that was in there, um, expanding on little throwaway lines almost in Midgar in the first one or little little scenes getting a full workout treatment yeah it was actually yeah. really cool to see that is definitely there's yeah there's several things where like it's a two minute thing to do in the original and it turns into a half hour side quest or something in this game so um which mm-hmm. is very cool and they introduce a few new characters um wall market was probably <laughs> one of my f- I think entering wall market for the first time um, when it's at night, one of the cooler moments in the entire game for me, because I was very surprised. I wasn't expecting a lot from Wall Market. And then you walk in there and it's like Vegas, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was so cool. Um, I tried exploring as much as possible. And uh, I also thought that they did an amazing job with the um, dress up scene. Um, what do you, do you think about Wall Market? I know, I think I, I think you were talking a little bit about how it's is. Probably early on, it was everyone's favorite part of the game. But I'm curious what you think now that we've finished it. Wall marker is completely crazy. 
So I've run through all parts of the wall market and done all the missions listed in there, obviously, because, uh, by the way, I've put in 100 hours, actually, I think like 101 or 102, uh, into this game because I wanted the platinum, because I knew going in that I probably want the platinum. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's about 40 hours for my first playthrough, and then another 60 to just clean everything up and get everything else done. Um, but wall market is actually really a fun and really well-crafted place because you can walk around and if you just take your time and listen to everybody and what they're saying, uh, how they're talking, what they're doing, it's actually, there's a lot of story being told around in the environment and it's doing a great job doing it. Um, one little thing is like if you go to, this is totally missable, if you walk to the left when you first come in, there's like a hotel right there Yeah, and you can... You can be like, hey, what's going on here? And it's like, do you want a room? And you can be like, no, you get, get lost or how much? And depending on your reaction, Aerith will have some sort of reaction. Yes. So her reaction will change each time. Um, or there's like people that are like puking in the corners and stuff like that and having like, you know, stomach issues in the bathrooms and things. And you can just walk around and see all these people just having weird, crazy nights. Uh, and then there's that mission that uh, the Johnny mission. I think is part of the dynamite body mission and you have to go around. You're trying to help as many of these people as you can. Um, like there's three guys. Like if, if your materia for cleansing is high enough, you can heal three different guys that are, you have to go find. And there's people talking about them. It's like, man, do you think the guy's okay? And then you get up to him and you're able to heal him. Um, or, you know, that there's somebody having IBS or something over in the bathroom and you can go find him and heal him. Uh, and it's just, so much that happens in this game that's far beyond what I expected for Wall Market to be. But then, you know, the main events in Wall Market really fleshed out, really interesting and updated for a 2020, you know, mm. landscape as opposed to a 1997 landscape. Um, the the music in Wall Street is just off the walls, bonkers, crazy, fantastic. Uh, the fights in the pit are all just insane. I mean, you fight the house. Yeah, um, yeah, the hell house. I was not. That was, I was the complete, I mean, I, I avoided all spoilers, so that was a complete surprise for me. So, um, mm-hmm. and it even took me a minute where I was like, hell house, and I was like thinking about it, I was like, wait a minute, I know this. Mm-hmm. And then it proceeded to be like uh, probably over an hour long boss fight. Um, the first time I played it, it, it took me a while. Yeah. That was the first time I died. Uh, was was it against the hell? I barely managed to not die, but yeah, I mean, a very long time to just slowly, slowly work that thing down. Um, yeah, I, I definitely playing I like that thing in hard is re- really hard. Yeah, um, I, I can imagine without items, it'd be very difficult and hard. Um, yeah, that whole thing was very cool. I like how after you complete that and you go back on the streets, people start talking about you and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, what did you see?" You know, like you, get, you and Aerith kind of become like little celebrities outside when you as soon as you walk out and like mm-hmm. people are cheering for you and stuff and um, very cool. Um, something else, someone else that pops up in Walmart and throughout the entire game, Chadley. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're the only person who actually know who actually seen Chadley's true self um, mm-hmm. that's revealed at the end of the game. Um, did you on your first run? Did you do all of the summons? Did you get most of them before you finish the game. I think Leviathan I is did. as high as you can go on your first playthrough. Yeah, Leviathan's as high as you can go. Then after Leviathan, you can unlock Bahamut. Um, and then after you do all the other VR missions that are available in Chapter 17, you find out that Chadley is actually a construct, like an AI construct of Hojo, who is bound to do Hojo's bidding. But by studying you, 
and seeing how you're able to overcome these battle challenges has been able to break free from Hojo's cat, like his hold on him, and has discovered how to have his own free will. Yeah. So Chadley's got his own little story going on that you don't even so realize weird. until like the very end. Yeah, that is so um, weird. But speaking of Chadley in Walmart, it's hilarious. Like when you are in the dress and you go up and you run by him and you try to talk to him, he's just like, uh, uh, I don't know what's happening. I'm having some sort of emotional reaction. <laughs> um, and he just ended the conversation. He's, he's uh, in love with is, couch. <laughs> it is hilarious. Um, I mean, and I have not uh, s- so much character. Yeah, I've not seen the, the scene. I ended up looking up on YouTube, but um, I, I've heard that uh, after Chadley gives you this whole spiel about his, you know, him being basically an android or whatever, or AI construct, that Cloud's reaction is just cool and just <laughs> Pretty like very, almost cool. no no reaction basically like cool can you give me some material <laughs> like mm-hmm. you could care less about his story um it's typical cloud yes yeah, yeah. Cloud. I, I i enjoy cloud's character quite a bit um and it does he does progress throughout the whole game um yeah the getting into the dress uh really cool scene and i was very concerned about how they were gonna do that you know with it being 2020 and all that Mm-hmm. And um, I think they did a perfect job. Um, oh, they kind of yeah. made it like a, a cool and fun thing to do. Um, it was it was well done. Yeah. I mean the whole the whole way to get there with um, having the the three people that yeah. you got to go like impress. Yeah. You know the massage lady with the hand. Yes. the best one is the the poor man's one. The poor man's yeah, massage. Yeah, which I did not do. It in, is so funny in what he's basically <laughs> he's just like what it, it's. It's it's she's like mutilating his yeah. hand. <laughs> so and he, weird. Like, he's like crying out in pain the whole time. Yeah, and it's just, so that is the best weird. one. Um I mean Cloud gets gets a hand job. Um just not what you might think of one. Um it's very that I I thought they were gonna do something kind of raunchy there and I was like, wait a minute, they're like legit he's just getting a hand massage. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just so hilarious. Um I chose the most expensive and option. Listen to the people outside the parlor that are like talking it's like my hands have like sparkles coming out <laughs> that like the other people that are around there if you listen to what they're saying they're they're pretty funny too. um yeah I, I love the whole walmart area really really great um uh, i did like uh corneo's uh, mansion and and going through that um corneo is way more of a creep in this remake than he ever was in the well i mean he was a creep in the original but uh this notched it up quite a bit um I liked all of that stuff. I, I I enjoyed everything through up to uh, the ghost um, uh, graveyard or the train graveyard, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, I know we're ta- we're going to talk about that with Dev and, and Delvin um, a little bit, but um, did you enjoy the going through the sewers and meeting Corneo and then the train graveyard? Is that I didn't even necessarily enjoy yeah. it. I liked the end, like the culmination of it all, because um, you get that scene with with Aerith that. She, right before you fight the um, the guy in the chariot, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember what his name is, like a lightning guy with a chariot, um, she gets like whisked away and then you see the scene with her as a kid or seeing herself as a kid, you know, when everybody's, oh, yeah. other people have all gone away. And I mean, it's symbol- symbolic, I think, of her losing everybody that she knows. Like she's the last angel. Everybody else is gone. She's like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. You know, she's, she's all alone by herself. Uh, but the scene really kind of, you know, you see Tifa come in there and she pulls her out and she's like, it's symbolic of Tifa being her new family. Like the, through the whole game, Aerith and Tifa have this, this interesting beginning of a friendship. That's, that's interesting to watch how it all goes through. And it really kind of solidifies itself when they're together 
uh, in with that red 13 level in Hojo's lab. Yes. It really, when you get separated as two groups there, that they did a really good job telling that, that friendship story between Tifa and Aerith. Yeah. That kind of begins here in a way uh, with her coming, her reaching out, her saving her from the, the whispers or the, the phantoms, whatever it was, um, and pulling her back into reality as it were. Yeah. Yeah, their relationship is really great. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. So um, I, re- I really enjoyed it. Um, and it kind of leads to the next, the, the big, after the train graveyard, I feel like things kind of move quickly. You're just going from big story beat to big story beat. First big story beat, uh, biggest one or culmination of a lot of thing, events is the plate falling. Um, mm-hmm. Your first playthrough, um, what did you think of the death scenes with Jesse and Biggs? Um, cause I, I definitely just thought they're both dead. The ghosts are here to take them away. What that it is what it is. And I kept going. Um, mm-hmm. but they were very powerful things, uh, scenes. Um, I liked Jesse's quite a bit. Um, kind of felt bad for her. So after knowing now that she's actually given a backstory, you kind of actually feel bad. And Biggs is too, knowing that he works at the, um, orphanage and stuff. Right. Yeah, I mean, with, with both characters, they've done a good job building those side characters up that really didn't get any attention, uh, which has really benefited this game because you get these powerful scenes. You feel for when you see uh, Biggs Lane or when you see Jesse like, oh, you're the guy that gets to hear my last words. You know, it's it's moving and it's not overplayed. Yeah. It's not underplayed. It's just right. Um, which kind of surprised me because you think about a lot of Japanese storytelling. Sometimes it's a little overdone, which you can see a few of that throughout this game. But this scene specifically, uh, when you're going up there, it's all somber. It's when you get to the level where you see Jesse that has just um, hit the grenade, got thrown back. It's just you up there. And you're able to just kind of take a second, understand what's going on, and then you leave. You go back up the stairs. There's no other enemies. It's just you and yeah. you know, a, a dead, unfortunately, a Jesse there. Yeah, yeah. it is nice that you have to have those moments, for sure. Um, plate goes down, um, just pretty much exactly how it did in the original. Um, it's played out a little bit more here. And like you said, there's some interesting things with like Rude and fighting Rude and, and Reno. Um, and you do they do flesh out the Turks a little, both of them a little bit. Kind of, They both acknowledge that they don't love working for Shinra almost. They, they, they know they're bad guys. They acknowledge mm-hmm. that. Um, they don't always wish they were, but they are. They are. You know, they're working for the bad guys. So uh, they're having questions about what they're doing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, which does come they're... up later in the game as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they're talking with Reeves or Sing. 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 Uh, Sing. Um, so that does come up more than once in the game. So I do like that. Um, and then so there was a scene right after the plate falls with Barrett um, that I loved. I thought. Great voice acting, great just acting by the guy who um, voiced Barrett because um, that felt pretty powerful when he thinks that everyone's dead. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, what did you think about? Because I mean, the plate falling is one of the few CG scenes in the original too. Um, mm-hmm. In the original, they kind of show like more of the city in this weird CG thing, um, and you kind of get the same thing here, where you're getting to see a little bit of the city and you kind of see it be devastated. Get a very good glimpse at Kate Seth. Um, yeah. um, which I've heard without the Moogle part, just the cat. Part. Yes. I've heard that Kate, that it's in the next game when they, when he comes out, they're probably going to say it like Kate C cat, cat C. Cause that's how they say it in Japan. Um, similar how they say Mako, even though I still Mako to me. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I'll be curious how they say it. It's always Kate Seth to me, but I'll be curious what um, they say in the next game. Um, but it is interesting that you see that little robot cat. Yeah. Um, and to people who haven't played the original, they're probably like, why is that cat bummed out about the flight falling? And yeah, it's very strange. Um, yeah, it'll all be explained in the next one. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Um, Along with Yuffie. Yuffie will be. Yes, I'm very excited for Yuffie. I, I, I think she definitely will be in there. She'll have my audio. Yes, yes. And we'll, we'll, so we'll listen sure to it. In three or four years when we get the audio back. Right. Um, Make sure you, you capture her and you get my <laughs> audio back. Um, what's the next story be? Um, really kind of making your way to Shinra HQ, right? Because it's at this point where we talked about the scene outside of Marlene's house and all that. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of making... The, there's definitely a lot of side missions here. Um, I did skip over right. a lot of them because um, I was getting to a point where I was like, I just want to finish this game. Um, so I basically took the avenue heading straight up the wall. Um I kind of wish they did. Which has that cool avalanche yes. written on yeah. the wall again. I, I I prefer the graffiti from the original. It was just a little more, I don't know. I liked it a little more, I think. It was like half finished and stuff in the original. And this one, it's fully written out and stuff. And um, I kind of wish they just would have done the wall scene like and made it as slow as it was in the original. Um, just mm-hmm. for fun. But um, they give you grappling guns here. So it's a little bit faster and a lot more action. Um, but I did like that whole section. Uh, beautiful scene. Um, like mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful scenes in the entire game where you're seeing the sunset over the devastation of the plate falling. Um, mm-hmm. This is one of the moments the where whole, I was really like the, taken back. Yeah, that whole spot had a lot of great attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Like if you stood still, you could tell like the tower that you were wobbling with. Yeah, um, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't even notice that. Um, I, I 100% believe it's in there because there's so much detail. Mm-hmm. And you could see like, you know, if you looked off into the distance and just kind of took in, like you said, the, the sunset with everything the fallen plate and everything the aftermath and just understand like this just happened and even before that when you're kind of walking through all that devastation you hear everybody talking like hello there things like that it really was grounded and it made you feel like man this is this just happened and you're walking through the aftermath of what could have been you know we could have put it akin to like an, a terrible earthquake you know yeah. happening yeah People getting trapped, lost under rubble, trying to find people, trying to do everything you can. That was really well captured here. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, then you get to the Shinra HQ. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I <clears throat> first time walking into Shinra HQ, um, I thought it was awesome. I think they did. I think they knocked out. It's such a, it's such a difference from the rest of the game, too. Because you, you're in the slums, and all of a sudden you're in this super high-end building. Um mm-hmm. And I thought it was so cool looking. And then you have... Barrett makes some comment about the bathrooms up there. Does he? You know? Yeah. When, when when you're in the bathroom, you just go in the vents. He's like, wish they could see what it looked like down below. <laughs> um, and I, I do like that. For some reason, Tifa doesn't want to go into the men's boy, um, men's mm-hmm. bathroom, even though everything else that she's been through, I can't, I can't imagine that's, that's her hang up is going to the men's bathroom. Um, uh, I did enjoy that. Um, did you take the stairs or the elevator? First time I took the stairs. Okay. Second time I took the elevator. Yeah, I took the stairs first time. Um, I just I knew there was going to be something funny in the stairs. Really great banter in the stairs. If anyone didn't do that, mm-hmm. um, they should have. Though I heard the elevator ride is also very fun. So Elevator ride is. I mean, you stop a few times. There's a couple fights. There's just random workers that kind of see you and are scared of you and one guy that's just oblivious of you being in there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Both, both ways. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love all, um, HQ. Um, 
can't date uh, Hojo's lab. Um, and then you meet Red 13 for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. What? How did you feel about not getting to control Red 13? I thought it was fine, to be honest. I mean, you can only have three people in your party as a, however this game is built, right? So I understand that's fine. Um, and he would just kind of been extra. Yeah. Uh, but they used him in a way that was... He was a support character, so if he was fighting around you, he would do his attacks. They might be, you know, just little little attacks, but he would do some attacks, but he'd also heal you every now and then and just kind of do his own thing, and that was fine. He was just kind of kind of there, kind of chilling, doing his own thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't, it didn't really bother me either. You know, you get him really late game, too. It would have been kind of annoying to, like, worry about leveling him up and managing mm-hmm. his material, so um, I definitely... I thought his design was super cool. I think they did a really good job with his design. Um, mm-hmm. And um, you very faithful to the original. Yes, yeah. Um, and like in the original, you can't really tell that his tail is on fire. So it's so it's so cool to actually see it. Like he's got a live flame on his tail. Mm-hmm. Like in the original, like they show it in the cutscenes, but like yeah, it's just like a glowing orb or something on the back of his tail, and the you know the pixels are so. Uh, I thought that it was funny that one time that Barrett like goes to give him like a high five or something and he slaps him with his yeah. tail and he's like, Hey man. Yeah. Um, also he's kind of, he's definitely pretty BA, uh, um, to keep it PG when like, I love this scene when you're chasing after Hojo and Barrett starts shooting, Barrett starts shooting the glass. Hojo's like, whatever cloud slides and, um, it, uh, jams his sword in the door so that Red 13 can slide through and then, like, quickly just jump up and try to attack Hojo. Like, it's so mm-hmm. cool that they're, like, immediately, like, a team. Um, and, like, they're just, like, sinking together. Um, he gets, you know, caught or whatever, but, um, in that force field, but still, like, that was such a cool, like, little action scene. Like, that belongs, like, in a movie or something. Um, mm-hmm. it was very cool to see. Um, the direction of this game, by the way, all, all around, the direction of the game, uh, from that cinematography side of it was all great like yeah very movie like there were some parts like towards the end that get kind of confusing but it was all really well done yeah yeah i definitely liked a lot of the little cutscenes. um see a lot more sephiroth during this whole mm-hmm. shinra hq thing as well um you see Genova there which is earlier than you would see her in the yes in the original game. um and it's in a lot i mean i mean in the original and it doesn't really make sense in the original when you think about what Genova means to the world and um, Shinra. In the original, she's just in like a tank off to the side um, of of Hojo's main lab. Like she's not even as big of a tank as like Red Thirteen. Um, this one, she's like a huge tank in the middle of the whole building. It seems like and it's a huge room. Um, so yeah, I thought that was very cool that she's in this dedicated area and uh, you see Sephiroth there, and it's all very strange. And you kind of get it's kind of like they cut, took. There's a scene in the original. In the Nibelheim, um, do you say Nibelheim? Nibelheim? I usually went like Nibelheim or something Nibelheim? like that. I could go with that. Uh, the Nibelheim make a reactor when Cloud peeks into the uh, tank and sees that they're injecting soldiers with Mako and making them monsters, basically. Mm-hmm. They kind of like took that from that scene and put it into this with all those little pods. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and you, mm-hmm. and you fight some of them here. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Then you kind of get to the whole end and it... The end is just nonstop craziness from the second that you go up to the top floor uh-huh. and it just gets, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, it gets batshit crazy. Um, especially when you look at it through the lens of someone who played the original and how it's so different. Um, Cause the original, you go to the top floor, 
president's dead and you see the ominous the sword through his back and Zebra's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, you get a very cool scene with Barrett and the and the president, um, which I thought that was so satisfying for Barrett to like have that like scene with the president. Like, it's like he, it's like he got what he wanted. Barrett did anyway. Definitely. Um, and then Barrett dies. Uh, Air quotes. Dies. Yes. Um, he's quickly brought him back by the ghosts, and this is the first time I kind of ignored the ghosts through the, all the whole game. Um, I had heard rumors. Uh, and now that I've played the whole entire game, I kind of understand what's going on. But this was the moment where I was like, okay, these ghosts are doing way more than just like being around. Um, they're literally mm-hmm. changing fate, um, which turns out that's exactly what they're doing. Because um, Barrett comes back to they're life. They're keeping fate. What's that? They're they're keeping they're keeping fate, not changing yes. it. So Cloud and the crew are trying to change things, and they step in to try to stop them from altering the timeline. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess. How do you feel about the entire ending? The you have you've got a fight with Genova. Um, mm-hmm. You've had a fight with uh, Rufus. Um, a lot of cutscenes with Sebroth during this time, um, and all kind of culminates with um, a freeway chase, which we're very, um, you know, we we know all about that from the original. Um, then it culminates in something that's completely um, off the rails. Um, but just the Rufus fight and the, the Genova fight. Um, did you? you I, I know. The Genova fight, it's a little bit annoying to a lot of people, but how did you feel about it? It was fine. There was a lot of triple slash going on. Oh, yeah. Those tentacles. <laughs> yeah, you, the triple slash is key for getting rid of those tentacles, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was so, weird, the tentacle yep. thing. But um, but the music, uh, I, I know the you're music. a big score guy. Um, mm-hmm. This was one of those like fights where I was like, oh, like hearing that they subtly play Genova's theme, but then at some mm-hmm. point during the fight, it fully transitions into genova's like theme um i think after she does something um funny and um it's so good just so good yeah it's fantastic like the music all throughout this game is great uh i really want the soundtrack like, there's a full like seven disc score that you can buy well you can't buy it yet it's like i'm pre-order for like 77 bucks yeah go figure yes seven um but it's got like seven full discs and a bonus disc i want it yeah <laughs> i need to get this i wonder if they'll ever release that like on spotify or not um, I'm not sure. I mean, they did release with, I think it was Deluxe and Up. You got the little mini soundtrack, yes. which is fantastic, yep. too. Uh, it's got like 10 or so songs on yep. there. Which I've um, listened, it doesn't have all the ones. Yeah, a lot of people have uploaded that to YouTube, so I've listened to it on there. Um, I was going to put it in my car. And I was like, oh, I'll listen to it on the way to work or whatever, on the way home from work. Be a nice, relaxing soundtrack. Um, realized that my car, I've got a old, get this, an old Little Wayne cd in my car loader in my car um stuck it's stuck yeah well it when i go to sell that car they're gonna get the carter uh the carter 2 from Lil wayne and that reminds me of that commercial going around with like this lady that's like limp biscuit stuck on her thing and she sees fred durst like walking around he's like looking at her like what (laughs) that's awesome um every time you get in your car yeah yeah (laughs) um yeah what um Start the car. That would, okay, that would be pretty good. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I couldn't. I couldn't listen to this. Set. That's the only CD player I have is my car. Um, I guess I could put it. Put it in my. Oh no, my laptop doesn't even have a, a CD deck in it. So um, I'm kind of screwed there. Um, Misery. But yeah, music is just phenomenal. Um, and mm-hmm. the Genova fight was one of. The, I, I liked hearing that theme again. Um, Rufus fight was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool. With a little dog, Dark Star, Dark Dark Star, Dark Star, like that. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I like that fight a lot. That was another one of those ones, kind of like similar to the a Reno fight, where you have to like stop and be like, all right, this is like you gotta almost play this like a action game where you gotta look for yeah look for opportunities to attack them and wait for counterattacks mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So very cool. Combat in this game is fantastic. It, it feels right. Yes. Um, motorcycle scene, great. It was fine. I did not like the battle against the dude, but that was probably because I was trying to beat it because I thought I was close to the end. Yeah. And I was like two or three in the morning, and I was just trying to power through. Yeah, I think I had something similar. Failing. Yeah, I, I had something similar where I was like, oh, I've got to be close to the end. I've got, I, I got to just finish this. Um, I did. I liked the fight actually. Um, I thought it was kind of a cool action scene. Um, and I, I like that you can skip it on the replay. You can the whole thing. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. You can skip in both bike sequences. You can skip. That's very cool. Um, yeah, they're not great. Um, better than the original, but. Um, I think I was just happy that I didn't have to actually fight, do a fight against that guy. Um, cause I was mm-hmm. at this point just kind of sick of boss fights. Um, but that leads to the final boss fight. And so this is where the game, like, I, I was completely lost. I was just like, they're on, they're on the end of this freeway. Aerith's talking some crazy stuff about fate and Red 13's chiming in with his knowledge. I didn't understand what was going on. Um, I got the gist that we were going to go defeat fate, but... Uh, and I want your opinion on this. I was confused at the time about why they want to fight fate and why Aerith wants to fight fate. Um, I understood why, obviously, why Severeth does because in the original he lose he ultimately loses, ultimately um, wins and loses. But um, did he trick them into this? Why does Aerith want to fight fate too? So Aerith wants to stop Sephiroth, right? And she knows the only way to do that is to follow him into this whisper world, we'll call it. Yeah. Um, so my theory that I kind of expounded on a little bit during the other show, which we'll never, but you can, you can hear the reaction of the guys, I don't know, um, was that in what, we, what we're seeing from Sephiroth and Aerith are that they are from a different timeline. They know what's happening, what's going to happen. And my thought is, is like, what if it's when Aerith is... Again, spoilers, killed right before she dies and she's praying and she has her materia and she uh, is summoning holy or whatever she's doing. What if in that time she's actually found a way to use that life stream, her ancient abilities or whatever, to try to figure out to go to stop Sephiroth in the past by using the information that she knows and kind of guiding them through this process because she's the one that the whispers are always following at the beginning. That's the first time you see them is with around her. And when every time something tries to change that's when the whispers come again and so the reason why sephiroth is there too is because they both share blood of the ancient and that's the reason why sephiroth killed her in episodes or in, in final fantasy 7 was because she was about to do this and he kind of knew what was happening and boom and then he figured out the way to transfer back to probably using the lifeline of the ancients or whatever it is and he's trying to make it so he doesn't lose right yeah. because if you look at final fantasy 7 the humans lost because the at the very last bit of the, the game, you see Red 13 running around with his other people, and City of Midgar is, is no more. It's basically overrun by growth. There's no people around. The people failed. People died. The live stream ended. The planet died, pretty much, and then it came back. Um, uh, Red 13's people, no, that's all we saw. That's all we know. Yeah, which so, totally went over my head like as a kid or even like as an adult. For some reason, I've had it in my head this entire time, even while playing the remake, and I think that's why I was so confused while playing the remake. I just thought that I couldn't remember the end of the game, and I definitely just thought that you defeated Sephiroth. I remember that boss fight where he turns basically into a god or whatever. I remember that whole mm-hmm. thing, 
and then I don't remember, I don't remember, like, the end, I don't remember how it ended. Um, but, so, maybe, can you just explain it to me real quick? And it might be a good buffer for any listeners who haven't actually played the original. So, it's been a long time since I've played the original, but from what I remember of the ending is after you beat Sephiroth and everything, you know, there's an earthquake or something's moving around. You have to get out of there and you get in the airship and everybody gets on the airship and you're flying away. But then you see Meteor coming in to to, to hit the the world. Then Lifestream rushing out all the Mako energy to stop it. Oh. So the planet is defending itself. But at that same time, as we see in Advent Children, the Mako started to that was used poisoned people so they had like these little you know issues with them there was mako poisoning you know like cloud he had mako poisoning anybody who's exposed to mako like the soldier program have a shortened lifespan it was yeah. a little too yeah. a lot in the game so the planet at that point theoretically taking all this knowledge we know about mako and what happens or mako or whatever you want it will kill the people they're gonna die because of the exposure to the, the poison because yeah. of that yeah okay that makes sense um that makes more sense why they would they want to Basically, it's like it's like trying trying again. They kind of won in the original. Um, you know, they did beat Sephiroth, but ultimately humans die, and they don't want that. So um, that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, I, they beat Sephiroth, but in a way, he still got what he wanted. He was still able to summon Meteor. Yeah, to, they didn't stop uh, Meteor, which was yeah. the ultimate threat. So um, yeah, really, just Cloud got his revenge, and that's kind of it. it seems like, but. Um, mm-hmm. What did you make of... Did you enjoy that boss fight, first of all, against the Whisper Giant? It was fine. It was a bit repetitive towards the end. Yeah. I was like, is this ever going to end? I mean, like, how many times do I have to beat these guys? Yeah, you're fighting the same three um, guys. Um, who do you think those three guys are? There's some so different theories on the internet about that. If you assess them, it basically kind of tells you that it's, it's a representation of a future barrett a future tifa and a future cloud so there's other people on the internet who think that those are actually the three like sons or whatever from advent children um because they also have a gun a sword and fight with their fists um i can't think of their names right now but they have names uh Sabrath's, like children yeah. people um there's three of them right mm-hmm. yeah um so there's people are saying that's also them I definitely, I, I'm 100% sure that it's future, it's Cloud, Tifa, and Barrett, um, because that just makes the most sense, for sure. Um, it's like their own fate, it's like they're literally fighting their own fate, um, which mm-hmm. makes, just makes sense, so. Um, which is also a reason why you never see one for Aerith, because she's affecting the timeline. Yes, that would make a lot of sense. Um, and, uh, doing a Red 13, uh, would just be too complicated to model, so, um, they didn't want to. Um, yeah, I was just. What does this mean? What, what does this mean for the re- the rest of the games for you? So the the title Final Fantasy VII Remake should be taken literally. This is a remake of the story. This is a re uh, configuration, if you will. Same characters, same setting, but different things are going to happen because they're messing with the timeline. Uh, I think it's one of those things where you can go into it and. It, in the future games, you'll have a lot of cool content to look at because you'll have an idea of what's going to happen or a semblance, but it's not going to be exactly the way you think because now they have freedom to continue and make a story that they think is more uh, applicable either to this time or that would just be more interesting or subvert your expectations a little bit, which is funny because sometimes people love getting their expectations subverted. Like you watch um knives out or any movie by that director uh rain johnson ryan johnson um 
he likes to do that. Or if you watch a movie by uh, M. Night Shyamalan, right? He wants, what's the twist? <laughs> you know, it's going to be one of those things. They now have the ability to go whatever direction they want to go. Yes, we're going to see similar beats going forward. We're going to see a lot of what we're familiar with. We're going to see the locations we know, but we're going to see different story play out as a whole because of what's been changed and what is able to happen. Yeah, I, I am excited. I, I think you're going to say this. I think you're going to say, like you said, see some of the same areas in same cities and stuff. Um, but yeah, they can kind of do whatever they want with the story, the ultimate story, um, because it's not one big long chase to find Sephiroth anymore. You already met him. You already know what's going on. And you've changed fate. You've changed yeah the future. So, um, do you think the go? Do you think the fate whisper or the whispers will be back in the second game, or do you think they're just done? You know, I don't. They could bring them back, and then they could have a story sense too. But I think it'd be better not to, yeah. because that would kind of invalidate what happened here at the end of this game with them defeating fate. Yeah, right. With them really turning the, their way on destiny and saying whatever, we're going to do our own thing. Uh, I don't. I don't think that the directors will bring them back. It wouldn't make a lot of sense to me to do that. So hopefully we don't see them in the second iteration and just see a whole new, you know, yeah, whole, I, a whole new line. I think we're on the same page. I, I, I don't want them to come back at all. I, I kind of want them just to be like, all right, we're doing our own story. We're doing it mm-hmm. with these characters and these locations, but we're doing our own story because um, it is just completely different. So, um, Costa del Sol. Yes. Uh, I, I wonder, I do feel like they have to cut out certain cities or areas. Um I don't know. I just I I wonder how many games this is ultimately going to end up being, and I wonder what makes which cut. You know, there's so many. Midgar is such a small part of the original. Like I I'm I don't know what they're going. Um, there's mm-hmm. like if I if if I try if I try to nail down like ten area like I I don't even know if I can name ten like cities or whatever that like I think I would keep adding to the list of things I want to see in the rest of the games. Um, mm-hmm. and like we haven't met, we haven't we haven't met a lot of char- key characters yet even so um, I'd be really curious if they do I do think Gold Saucer will definitely be in the next game definitely um, and I cannot wait for that I think it's gonna be super cool um, and then I'm hoping I, I I'm hoping they do Barrett's I think you got a lot of Cloud's backstory here um, and Aerith's backstory I really hope they do Barrett's uh, backstory in the next game. Because he's got very cool. That whole storyline is very cool, um, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of gives you the reason for why he hates Shinra so much. Um, so I really hope they do that. Um, oh, I was just thinking of something I was going to ask. What, what are your hopes for the second game? Oh, I mean, I I just want it to be as good as this one. You know, they had a lot of fan service. I would like to see more fan service in the second one. Yeah, fantastic cutscenes and music, and just mix it all together and give me another great experience. Yeah, I, uh, as far as the gameplay and everything goes, just just tighten it up make it better yeah hopefully they just kind of stick with it and yeah like you said tighten it up and and fine-tune it um hopefully that helps with development time it's a little bit concerning because the directors have and some of the uh, game runners have been out in magazines saying that they're not even really started and they don't know what they're doing like square enix has come out and said oh we were already working on a remake and they obviously said so at the end of the game but the directors have come out and said, like, yeah, we don't really know what we're doing yet. We haven't made any decisions on story. And it's like, ugh, like, what? How do you not? It reminds me, yeah, <clears throat> good thing I'm talking to you. It reminds me a lot of how 
I feel Disney botched the rollout of the Star Wars sequels, um, most recent sequels, where clearly Disney did not have... They didn't sit down after they purchased um, Star Wars and their, you know, Lucas and all that. They didn't sit down and say, all right, here's our three-story arc. Here's our three-movie arc, and this is the story we're going to tell. Instead, they went the route of, we're going to hire this director for this movie, we're going to hire this director for this movie, and this director for this movie. Well, they didn't get to the third one. They just did two. And the second one, they took a big risk on, and they decided to try to erase what he did with the second movie. And in my opinion, that's a big mess as far as story goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Badland. You've clearly got Badland directors there um, and directions for the overall Star Wars story. This podcast isn't about Star Wars, but I have a bad feeling about Square Enix doing the same thing. They clearly didn't sit down uh. and say, this is the 10-year story that we're going to tell over three or four games. They said, all right, this is our idea, and we're just going to run with it. And we'll see where it takes us. Yeah, I mean, just let them run with it. Let them go. They have a, a rough outline in which to follow, which, you know, that was, with Star Wars, they they had Lucas's drafts of his treatments of the 7, 8, and 9, but they didn't use them. So it's kind of like that where you just let them, let them take the reins and go wherever it goes. And that that's what makes this a completely new adventure experience uh, and really a sequel to the other games. And by the way, Mr. Kevin Austin, I'm calling you out right now. If you continue to say that you're not going to play this game because it's not the whole game, you are sorely mistaken. <laughs> this is a 40-hour at least game uh, to go through one time, or 100 if you want a full experience. Uh, and it's it's new story, it's new environments, it's new world, it's fleshed out. It is the beginning of the sequel trilogy, or whatever we want to call it yeah. later on. Um, it's if you If you refrain from seeing Episode 7 because you, it wasn't going to be the whole thing, the whole Skywalker saga, then why wouldn't you... I mean, if you saw that, why wouldn't you play Final Fantasy? That's what I guess. Yeah. I, I, and if, if you feel like Kevin, just play the game. Yeah, it's play the game, absolutely. Um, yeah, it is more of a sequel than almost any, in a, in a weird way. Um, remake, I do think it makes a lot of sense, because they are literally remaking the game and the, the story. But, um, yeah, we, we've... And you're going to hear us again, just complain about Kevin and his uh, bad thoughts about this. So... Um, <laughs> All right, I I think we're gonna end our discussion. Any final thoughts? I enjoyed my time with it. I got the first class edition. I'm looking at Cloud on the motorcycle right now. He's looking down on me. I'm very jealous. Um, it was a, a fun ride. I got all the Butterfinger uh, DLC, even though I haven't even had a Butterfinger in years. Um, I just bought them for the DLC. Um, and they didn't really add, by the way. So don't don't feel like you need okay. to get those. Um, I didn't even but... download my. I think I got the. I think I got Cactor. Uh-huh. No, and Carbuncle maybe. Yeah, something. I got some sort of summon. I didn't even do it. Um, because I I never I actually never um enact my the deals like the cards or whatever that you get with the pre-orders because I realize that's not the the way the game was developed. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, all right. Well, you had a good time. We're gonna listen to the rest of our discussion you're gonna hear my thoughts two times unfortunately i'm really sorry everyone um i'm sure you're sick of me um but i wanted to get nathan back on this thing so that we could talk thank you sir very much and uh yeah uh look forward to the um everyone look forward to the rest of the episode thank you bye welcome to another special episode of the playstation experience this is the final fantasy 7 remake review cast part two that's part two. That means we're going to be dis- discussing everything in this game. And I have once again assembled the best Final Fantasy VII fans I could 
possibly think of. Let's start with our first esteemed guest slash host, normal host, Dat Ninja Dev. What's cracking? So I just finished it today, which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, so it's yeah. nice and fresh. That's why what we a gotta sucker. start with you, man. That's why we gotta start introduce you first, because you pulled it together. You said you were you were several hours behind, uh, away from finishing just a couple nights ago, and we said we want to record Wednesday night, and you came through. Yep, I said I'd I'd have it done, and I have it done. That's right. I love you though, Delvin. I'm sorry <laughs> that I had to harass you like that. And that's uh, that's Delvin. You hear on the uh, our other guest. How you doing tonight, Delvin? Doing good. I'm doing good. Now I know you. Uh, it's kind of, it's the reason this is funny and why you laugh because uh, Dev's been giving you crap about finishing this game yes. for weeks. So I know you rushed to finish it. Yes, he's and, an awful person. Yeah. Terrible person. Terrible human being. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't know any last from Beverly Hills Cop. Rushed me to finish this game. It wasn't even halfway done when I finished it. I was I was more than halfway. I had I two chapters that. to go. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I was at the Shinra building. All right. And last but not least, I've got my good friend, Nathan. I beat tonight. this game, and I haven't played it since the 27th of April. And we're recording this <laughs> on, the, on May 13th. So I've yes. probably already forgotten more than... <laughs> <laughs> but you've also put probably at least double the amount of hours that the rest of us have put into the... Uh, probably. I got I got that plat. Definitely. Right, well, what did I put in it? Speaking of which, uh, where where do you think we all? I, I didn't. I forgot to take a final look. But what was your all final playtime on the finishing the game? The main. Let's start with the main campaign because most of us have only done that. Then Nathan, I want to hear your uh, astronomic number that you played the game. <laughs> so mine was fifty hours when I when I finally rolled oh, okay. credits. Yep. I was at like, like fifty two. Damn, I I think I was only at uh, forty one hours. Yeah, it was when I first beat it. I was right around forty, I believe, as well. Okay, y'all slow. Got the... is what's going on? <laughs> I mean, I just take my sweet, sweet time. I was trying to find everything that I could. I so, took yeah, my I was... time too, man. I was just, you know. So you I were did... you were blazing a trail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you were. Uh, so I did um, skip a few key side missions. I know. I don't know if they're key, um, but the uh, one of the last chapters where you have the opportunity to do side missions um, in the sector five slums um i there's a couple that i was just like no nah, i'm not doing this um so uh that's maybe why i probably shaved a few hours off um but yeah let's get into it we've got a lot to talk about tonight um i want to get to the ending um but we haven't talked since chapter what was it seven mm-hmm. we, yeah no, yeah it was chapter seven yeah and which is you haven't you uh, before chapter eight you haven't even met Aerith yet so that's when you first meet Aerith. um so let's start right there. Initial impressions of, I mean, there's several iconic scenes for all of us fans here, but I think the church scene is one of the top 10 maybe. Um, so how did that whole scene, how do you guys all feel about that? And meeting Aerith for the first time. I thought it was awesome. Little game. I like the fact that this is what I've been saying about this game for the longest time, that they have made the female characters so likable to the point where they are maybe more likable than the male character. Aerith. As soon as you meet her, you fall in love with her. She's awesome. She's great. She kind of has this carefree attitude about life. She kind of sees through Cloud's BS in terms of when he tried to put off this tough exterior and stuff like that. She says a funny remark, and it kind of takes him off guard. And I love that aspect in terms of how Cloud's always this guy who's super serious, who's super quiet, who's almost snarky to a point of it. 
and then you have characters like Jesse and like Tifa and like Eric that kind of crack that exterior and as you go through the game you kind of see him almost transform and kind of open up a lot more and I like that yeah absolutely and I think uh meeting Aerith is the beginning of maybe even before that but she definitely cracks him up more and more or cracks him open a little more and more throughout the game um yeah and I I think I had a similar thought you know it was great um I love that because it's a little unrealistic I mean let's be real about him falling from what seems to be 20 miles in the air you know I don't the the height of the plate is a little up in the air because sometimes it seems like it's only a couple hundred feet, but other times it seems like when you look up at it, it's like miles away. Um, mm-hmm. But either way, he falls and I will say lands. this: what on on the WWE pay per view this week, two men were thrown off buildings and they both survived. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I think it's a little bit soon to be comparing uh, Final Fantasy VII to, to wrestling or WWE. I don't know. I mean, we get that point where Aerith is throwing chairs at people, so. Yeah, this, this is true. Um, but, yeah, just I, I like the fact that uh, at least makes it a little bit more believable that he survives that fall because he shoots his grappling gun up in the air to, like, break his fall a little bit. Um, so maybe that slows him down. I don't know, but um, either way, great scene, and it was great to see Reno exactly how oh, I yeah. thought he was going to be introduced. And dun, dun, um, dun, dun. but yeah, uh, I, De- it's funny. I hear the music playing. Like I, yeah, yeah, dun, exactly. Dun, dun. Um, Dev, what what uh, Aerith, your girl, or or what? Did you appreciate that scene? Look, man. Hashtag Jesse. All right. All right. Yep. 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 I love Aerith, but you know that scene was great. Like it just. You get all the feels, like him laying in the, him falling in the flower bed, the way it's lit up, and then like the music, like everything just felt right. Um, I think Josh said it best. He said it feels like you're playing your memories of the game. Yes, and that is truly what the game has really captured. And it's certain scenes like these and instances like these where you really you, you're playing this game and. It was not the greatest looking game, like when looking back at it, but it felt. Like this is what you were, what you remember. Like what you're looking at when you're playing this game. This is what you remember the game to be. Like it just, it just had that feeling. It just, it stuck with you. And this scene, out of all of them, like when you're, when you, when you wake up in the flower bed and Aerith is there, and then you deal with the fight. It's just, uh, it was iconic, and it just felt right. They did everything right. It, it was great to to just be back and be like, all right, I'm about to be with Aerith for a minute. And and it was just really nice to have that transition just feel seamless and and perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I was very happy with that. Um, going to her house uh, brought back all the feels. Felt just as perfect as it did in the original game. Um, just everything about it was cool. Um, even the fact that they turned the weird jumping along building top, uh, top of buildings scene into kind of a more stretched out, introduce yourself to Aerith a little more scene. I, I liked that whole mm-hmm. gameplay aspect. So, um, And I like Aerith in combat. Um, once you got to actually, um, I think she's mm-hmm. actually in the original game. She was always strictly a healer or a weak character for me. Um, you know, she was a good magic user, but I just never really used her cause I couldn't use attack. Um, in this game, I think she's a little more than that. Um, I think they, I actually liked using her a lot. So, um, but we also get introduced to, uh, we already know them, but the Turks, um, come into the scene with Reno, um, you whoop you whoop his ass of course and um um yeah yeah well yeah. it was also the first time where it was like damn like this guy is moving super fast and i was like mm-hmm. you know, he had to kind of figure out a strategy um also very unclear or strange 
does he have a face tattoo that is supposed to like match his hairlines? Did you guys notice that? Yeah, I figured it was a face tattoo, <laughs> like a tribal tattoo on his face or something. Is that like a new thing? Can I do that? Like, can I just can I can I tattoo a hairline so that when it does recede, I'm just good to go? Is that how that works? I mean, people do that now. I mean, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought it was strange, but uh, um, yeah, re- re- meet Reno, um, move along to Earth's house. Um, you do see the whispers at the uh, church for a little bit, um, but I we're going to save whisper talk until the very end of this cast, um, because there's a lot to talk about. Um, talk to uh, Earth's mom, can't think of her name right now, El- Elmira? El- yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, li- I liked her. Uh, how many times did it take for you guys to sneak out of that bedroom? First try, baby. What? First try. Okay. And I was like, uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was like. As soon as I opened that door, it's like you hit something. I was like, I, I don't. Which I, I was sitting there. I was like, all right. I knew I was gonna run. I was gonna try to run because I wanted to see <laughs> if that was still in there. I was like, all right. Are they gonna stop me like they do in the original? Um, but then it happened immediately. So I was like, okay, they do do it. So. Um, I think I might have failed. I might have failed one more time. She has another remark. Aerith does, and then finally I just kind of took off. So, um, heading to Wall Market. Um, Wall Market, kind of a weird area in the original game. Very cool, iconic. Ah, this whole section just freaking blew me away. Like I can't. Like basically turned Wall Market into Vegas. Oh yeah. And I, <laughs> I was like, I was completely blown away. I was, this is so awesome. Like I had way lower expectations for like the wall market area i know you spent a lot of time there in the original or a decent amount of time but like i did not expect this level of detail um and side missions um yeah and and the whole arena thing totally cool um most important though most important scene in this whole section is the massage (laughs) i have to know did you guys choose the most expensive option no or the cheapest option I what? want the cheapest option. It was funny. What? Oh, you cheapskates. Come on. I went, I, went the, I went the most expensive. I went the most expensive. I went the most expensive as well. Yeah. Yeah. What, what does he do? <laughs> I, I, there's a few other scenes that we're going to talk about that I want to know what, you know, what, because the scenes can either change depending on your choice or, or choices you made throughout the game. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll talk about more. But yeah, there's some of those I need to watch still. Um, Let me ask you a question. Yeah. In Walmart, you find the teacher. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. Also, did you talk was to her? not expecting that. Did you talk to her the second time? No. I couldn't find her. Yeah. There's a, I, Nathan, did you talk to her the second time? Because you can talk to her after you and Eric split up, and she will tell you why she's there. Where was she? She's like in Where a was back she the alley. Time? By, she's in the same spot. But it's like a back alley by the huh. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I did go back there, but I feel like I was. Try- oh, you know what? I was trying to find her back at the um, back, like back at her house where she was at, like teaching. I was looking for her there mm, to see yeah. if I could find her again there. But. I know. I was kind of curious if there'd be like an awkward conversation there or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love that about this game, though. I mean, I would. I, there's times that I thought to look for people after an incident or something like that to talk to them again. There's times I didn't. Um, so that's one thing I've been loving, you know, scouring the internet after finishing the game because I completely shut myself off from the internet or anything to do this game um, until I finished. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Now, is that when you just hunt down the girl? 
and get his money back. Cause I He's remember, got a I whole was, side quest. I was definitely confused about his role in the whole market area because like, he was around and I, I would talk to him, but then I feel like I missed a couple scenes with him. I don't think I finished it out. Material seller. It's a material seller you got to go through. Yeah, I completely skipped over that. And I, met, that I, I, I thought that was a section I did everything. It was awesome because... Yeah, it was. It was good. The, the whole the guy, who the material seller is essentially asking you to buy like male enhancement pills. <laughs> um, I, mm-hmm. Don't anybody see the sauce? <laughs> yeah, see, I'm gonna have to go through and play this game again because there's definitely certain things I missed. Um, I also couldn't find. Um, I was I kept looking for, and I don't even know if it's there for sure. But the like the item shop where there's a gun shooting at you is that in yes, there? Is it is there? Okay, so yeah, I, I I tried looking around for it, and I couldn't. I missed it. So, um, what did you guys all think of the dance sequence and Cloud becoming getting in a dress? Honestly, it's a very Japanese game. I was a little bit, and it's like we've talked about. I was a little worried about how they're going to handle it. I think they handled it absolutely perfect. I was like grinning ear to ear. I thought the whole thing, like mission, was like hysterical, and it was funny. Cloud acts hilarious the entire time. I love. Um, I got some good reactions out of Aerith. Uh, um, what did you guys all think? I, I thought it. it was great. I'm just mad that I didn't do good enough in the dance to to get the the gift from him. I will say it. It was there's a couple like hard sections in that dance where it's like you there's too much going on on screen so you can't see the inputs coming in at a time and and they come in from all all angles. It's very strange. And um, it's a beautiful scene. Like it, it looks is. amazing. Yeah. It looks really good. It, it's hard to like. It's like you almost want to sit back and just watch it, but then you're like, oh, it's an actual gameplay section. I need to watch this. Um, but it's a cool scene. It's definitely one. Is weird, like it's a weird part of the game, but like I want to replay it because it was like kind of fun and very cool looking. Um, I did get the gift on the first time, so I'm a good dancer. Um, not in real life, but in video games apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, I that whole section, um, all the way to um, getting to Don uh, Corneo, which I always thought it was Corneo. Um, super, super, way more rapey. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Um, yeah. Than I originally thought the, the than I thought the original was um, the fact that he like gasses them and, and tosses like ew, they went above and beyond making Don Corneo seem like a true yeah uh, bad guy. So I, I will um, say this about it: I remember in the original version when he found out Cloud was a guy, it was a little bit more offensive. Mm-hmm. But in mm-hmm. this version, it's kind of like once he finds out Cloud's a guy, he's kind of like a well, we're not doing this. He's just kind of like brushing yeah. it off and nothing. He's like, but so okay, so we're not, we, we, we're not, because <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, that they handled that well. That that specific, <laughs> you know, interaction well. Um, and then came my very first uh, death of the game, uh, where I actually had to restart, and that was the first fight with Abzu. Um, how, did you guys have trouble with that fight? Or? Abzu? Yeah, mine too. Oh, yeah, Hell House. Oh, sure. Hell House. My first death. Was against what did that thing name with the knife? Oh, oh you Tom got Barry. you got not the character Tom Barry. Tom yeah. Barry. Tom Barry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, he got you with the the death stab. Yeah, because I didn't yeah. realize he was coming up. I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> Tom Barry. That one was hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely kicked my ass, uh, kicked my butt, and um, but yeah, I love that whole section. Um, and that basically leads all the way to, and we're we're going a little bit fast here, but um, we want to get to the ending. Uh, basically, it's to if if Midgar is a whole entire storyline, the plate falling is the I don't know maybe two thirds through. It's the, it's the 
it's the climax of or, or it's the I don't even know how to you know I'm not a great story person but it's definitely the, a huge moment in the story. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's yeah. how. Yeah, and that's traditionally how a story you know stories developed. And um, what did you guys think? I um, I've heard a lot of people. I've been listening to other podcasts um, as we play through. Um, a lot of people saying they were very um, emotional um, going up those stairs and seeing um, Jesse Biggs and Wedge. Um, now Wedge presumably survives, um, which he does not in the original, um, and we'll, that'll come back up later. But he does, sur- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, it was just me thinking about like she's the last of her kind. That's what it made me think of. Just her being the last ancient, you know. Um, and it was definitely emotional and it, it just shows like Tifa is basically like the, her mom who kind of reached out and kept her. Like, that's what it made me think about. Yeah. There's a few scenes like the, that one that you're just, I, there, I, there's times where I was kind of just rushing through and wasn't thinking too hard about these scenes. Um, uh, I think that the only thing this was, was one of them. Um, and that whole section was just seemed very strange to me. And i you also see Marlene at some point as a ghost, but she's not dead yet, so I was very confused about that. Um, There's just a few confusing scenes all in a row that I, the whole Ghost Train section, uh, I was kind of just like, ah, it's just over with them. I don't understand why Aerith or Tifa care about these kids or lost kids. Like, what a weird side story that I did not care for. Um, oh, that, man. It, that's just me. Hit me right in the feels. Hit me right in the feels. Just anything with kids always just kind of, it kind of <sighs> gets me. Like, Seeing the teacher with the kids and then dealing with all the kids in the back, like it just felt like, you know, they were looking for guidance or anything. And now you have kids that they come to this place and they're never heard from again. And it just, it hurts my heart. I'm like, oh man, the kids. Yeah. It, it just, it, just didn't hit me. It takes me to a place. I definitely can feel, you know, that's definitely obviously what they were going for. But um, yeah, that particular scene with Aerith, way over my head. <laughs> Well, should we uh, talk about the whispers a little bit? Because I want to know y'all thoughts on it. What did y'all think about the whispers? So I want to save most of the whisper talk to the end. Because at this point in the story, at the plate falling, they are around a lot. And they're hovering over some deaths at the time. And honestly, for me, I guess I want, if you guys can remember back to before the end of the game, what were your thoughts, I guess, on the whispers? We, kn- we now know a little bit more about them. But at the time... I was honestly just completely confused. I thought maybe they were Severoth's like minions. Maybe they weren't. I had no idea. I was just oh. like, all right, these are just weird entities that are. Once I saw them, I immediately knew what they were. Really? And I don't. I don't know if Nathan watches Flash, I, but I. So I had heard. I, I've been listening to um, uh, Ben Hansen's Min Max team walk uh, play through this game as well, um, and one of them had brought up that rumor that um, the ghosts were. The early rumor was just that they were there to hold the story to the original story. Um, and I thought, that sounds ridiculous. Stupid. Um, and then I just went on the rest of the game thinking, I don't know, these are just weird creatures. I don't know what their purpose is, whatever. Um, but, I, <laughs> I mean, we do find out later on that basically is what happened. Yeah, the um, time race. Yeah. They're, they're there to keep everything in line because, well, we'll get to that when we get to the whole yeah. that part. Yeah. Um, but you do see I, them floating above um, uh, Jesse's um, death scene as well as Big's um, death scene. Um, let me ask both. this. Yeah. Did Big die? Okay. I don't. 
Yeah, I was going to ask that. And I had no idea what the whispers were. I had absolutely no clue because I don't watch The Flash because DC is garbage. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I had no clue what they were. And I didn't know that they were supposed to be like holding the game to, you know, its thing. I had no clue. None. So, yeah, as far as Jesse and Biggs go, I 100% thought both of them were dead. Um, now me too yeah we it's a lot of things where i, I want to like get to the end before we talk about all of the crazy crap that you see at the very end of the game um so let's just couch that for now but at the time put a pin in it <laughs> i thought for sure they were dead i mean it, it's so clear not to mention not only are they like basically dead i, I assume they are but then also the plate falls um or that's how this whole scene kind of ends um mm-hmm. i love that boss fight on the top of the uh strut or whatever um i thought that was all very cool um kind of very truthful to the original right so um i did like that one thing i did like was um go ahead no oh Mm -hmm. no way yeah 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 (laughs) they they allude to it a couple of times that about you know their relationship and how he feels about her yeah that i that level of detail is insane i like i love this game for that level that is so awesome um i had not known that um, I, I like the whole Reen, uh, Reno and um, Rude both, like, they don't really want to do what they're doing, but they're kind of mercenaries themselves, even though they work for Shinra, you know, so they're just kind of following orders, but they do, you know, they, I think they even say at this point in the game that, like, too late to grow conscious now. Um, mm-hmm. I do like that they're humanizing those characters, because um, that was kind of the way it went in the original, from what I remember. Those relationships were hinted at in the original as well, um, as far as he likes her or she you know they're definitely just regular people that happen to work for shinra and also happen to be pretty powerful so yeah um plate falls um barrett sad 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 really very sad, sad. Like, yeah it's that scene of barrett sad is bad because it shows you the aftermath and the people yes. whose lives are since we were ruined by this yeah, yeah. What got me it's, was barrett um and, and when he doesn't even think marlene's alive um and uh, I think this is one of the more better acted scenes in the game. Um, um, but yeah, just to see him just devastated. Yeah. Um, I, I really, I, I thought that was really well acted. Um, and uh, I was pretty impressed with that scene. It, they definitely make you feel the weight of that that whole scenario. Yeah. Like we were saying in the first episode, like they do a really good job of really conveying the fallout of what happens with these events where in the original and as kids like we don't even think about any of the repercussions of what happens and they do a really 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 good job of just world building and establishing midgar and its place and the people that live here like they do just an excellent job of making you feel for what the consequences of your actions are and what's going on on a deeper level like it's they just they're masterful at it it does a really really good job of making you think about everything that you're doing in the yeah absolutely um like in i in the original i didn't even really granted i was also you know eight-year-old kid but i didn't think about the impact of an entire plate a whole city's plate falling and also you know not this particular chapter but later on you also kind of see the effects it affected both people underneath and on top Mm -hmm. um who are supposed to be the more privileged people and they also are very affected by this um so when you think about basically a whole city falling you know it's like two 
two worlds are both devastated by this company. Um, and that's kind of how revolutions start, but, you know, is when both privileged and underprivileged people are affected. Um, yeah, I, I, that whole thing was really incredible. Uh, to Delvin's point, I really like seeing the people that survived um, and yeah, how their lives are like, they're just in a playground trying to gather their things. Um, you know, do, do you ever have a, uh, during that moment, I purposely, it, it makes no sense in the gameplay perspective, but I was like, I gotta buy something from these merchants cause they're hurting right now. <laughs> I definitely wasn't like, let me buy stuff, but I definitely <laughs> just kind of like went by and just wanted to hear what everybody would say. Like just listening to the dialogue, but I could care less about buying stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I like purposely bought a little something from everyone. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that can go two ways. You can either stop and listen to them, or I kind of just enjoyed, just like you would in real life. You're just walking through a town, right, and you hear conversations popping off left and right. Um, and it made the game feel really immersive, just having random dialogue on either side. But it was good dialogue. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, underground facility. This whole chapter. To me, felt very forced. Um, I was a little, I don't know. I, 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 I didn't love that they put this whole section in there. Um, other than the fact that you get to shoot a crap load of boxes with Barrett, which felt really good. Um, <laughs> did you guys both do that once you get control of Barrett and just there's just a wall of boxes? Oh, yeah. I was like, I want all the things that are in those boxes, so yeah, absolutely. I'm going to shoot them. Yeah. yeah. Give me uh, the loot. Give me the loot. That was very satisfying. Um, but... Um, yeah, the section was just strange. Um, really, um, I did like the the boss fight was pretty cool with um Barrett and Tifa, um, and going back and forth, and like especially when she was up on a catwalk. Something it's happened in other uh, boss fights before this, but like they do a really good job of like when there's scripted events in a fight, it happens like in real time. Um, they do usually cut away to it, but it's in real time um so sometimes like you see like a boss preparing for his special or his ultimate or something like that um but you like kind of you can see it in real time as you're just fighting minions or whatever so Mm -hmm. um, i did like that boss fight i just thought it was kind of the whole idea was unnecessary though it does explain why there's random monsters popping up all over the slums yeah so exactly that's exactly it like there's been monsters underneath us the whole time, and this is where they're all coming from. Yep. Like it does a really good job of tying that together and yep. kind of grounding the story, you know? Yeah. So you're not just like there's just random monsters places. Yeah. No, like why are these people dealing with random monsters? Well, it's there's a reason, and they're underground <laughs> facility. Um. So I did. Uh. I like that. I that is that is a good point. So. Um. And then you see Wedge again, and it's just again strange that he's still alive. Um, yeah. But we will get into that again later. Yeah. Um, so you go back to Aerith's house at some point, and you spend the night. Um, now I had a scene with Tifa. At, uh, at, in the middle of the night, you wake up and you go up to the top and you see that Tifa's down in the flower garden. Um, I did not realize this could be any of the characters. Do you know what I'm I had? A- yeah, I had Aerith. Yes, Aerith was there for me. Exactly. So, so I had Tifa, and you can you can have Barrett um, as well. Um, it's kind of like the date scene at Gold Saucer, where depending on who you talk to the most or whatever, you can have one of the three uh, sidekicks. Um, so I had Tifa. It was a pretty normal conversation or whatever. And then I ended up hearing about the Aerith scene, and I was like, whoa, that sounds way better. Because um, Tifa just kind of says, yeah, I'm sad or whatever, but I, we need to go do this or whatever. And I heard that the Aerith scene is basically like she says, you can't fall in love with me or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not have that scene. So like, I would I I like that scene the most. I think I'm. Uh, I think Barrett's also kind of generic, um, sad dad stuff. But um, uh, <laughs> well, he's young. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I w- I think the Aerith scene sounds the coolest, and I did not get that. I had no idea that there were different scenes. Yeah, I definitely got the Aerith scene and was like, oh man, this is this is some good stuff here. Some good. Yeah. <laughs> some good yeah. deep stuff. Well, let me ask you guys this: going back a little bit, did you guys get a different scene with Jesse on the bike? I know you can. There's yeah. two. Yeah, I think I did because I don't think I did that well on the bike. Yeah, I didn't get the trophy for it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get. The, I didn't get the trophy. So whatever. Yeah. Based on what mm. you do, she either kisses you or don't kiss you. Yeah, I don't get a kiss. Yeah, I, get, I don't. I don't think I got a kiss either. <laughs> She's playing hard to get with uh, Dev, you know. Uh, eh. She's keeping me chasing. She's doing her job. <laughs> uh, Nathan, who, who uh, in the scene at Aerith's house, um, uh, when you're waking up, woken up in the middle of the night um, and you go out to the flower garden, um, who did you, at least in your first playthrough, who who was out there for you? Okay, so that's what I had as well. So um, I have not, I know the, I'm sure, I know Barrett is an option. I haven't seen his, um, his option, but... Um, I had no idea that was like an optional thing. I thought, you know, it's just everything seems so natural, and it's like, ah, who know? Who knew? So, yeah. Is is it because I told Tifa she should wear a sporty dress? She didn't show up for me. <laughs> it probably, <laughs> yeah. So I have to watch that Barrett scene number or something. So I'm very excited about that. Um, but I I love that stuff. I love when games do that when you unknowingly are choosing uh, an option. Obviously, you're given those options early on. It seems like. It's just whatever, but then it turns out they kind of add those things to that stuff. Um, I'm going to skip over a little bit of stuff, but we're basically going to make our way to the Shinra build, um, and recreate one of the most iconic pictures you know, of all time, um, and that's the cover art for Final Fantasy VII. The original and the remake um, get into the, the building. What do you guys think? Once, once you actually get inside, uh, I did like the whole getting through the back area. Um, and in fact, you are given a choice there as well. And I don't know if you can choose either choice, but I, I chose... No, Cloud doesn't give you a choice. That's right. Barrett says something about trying to barge in, which is an option in the original, but then Cloud says, no, we're not doing that. We're going through the back. Um, I, I do remember that now, but um, once you get inside, what do you guys think? Uh, I was like, I was... It's It was such a cool change of scenery from the rest of the game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yep. That's right. I That is something we need to talk about. I chose the stairs. So did I. I took the elevator. Oh, come on. Lazy old man. <laughs> right. <laughs> what did you do first, though? Because that's, that's what matters. You did the stairs? Okay. Encounters. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Delvin, have you seen the, the, what happens if you take the stairs? No, I have not seen what happens if you take the stairs. <laughs> you, you literally run up 69 set of stairs. Um, Legit. And it takes forever. But there's just constant batter, or, uh, banter between Cloud and Barrett. Barrett constantly complaining. Um, and it's <laughs> really hilarious because you think Barrett's going to be the one to slow down. But both of you, like the game will not let you run anymore. You have to like very yeah. slowly walk up the stairs because you're so worn out for like the last 10, uh, 10 sets. Um, yep. And Tifa beats you. She, she, uh, I don't think, I thought maybe there was going to be an option to like try to get past her. And I was trying to, but... Um, mm-hmm. 
she's just calling down the entire time, like, hurry up, you guys, hurry up. And I uh, think you catch it, up to her at one point, and then she leaves you in the dust again. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so I thought, I thought, okay, maybe there's a trophy for beating her or something. And then it's not. No, she just, she whoops you. So um, I did like that quite a bit. I hate oh, that. yeah. Uh, I did I, I did the squats, no problem. Um, like, I was happy to do that because it was part of the original, and I, I mastered it. I got the champion's belt, which I actually used for a lot of the game. Um I did not do the pull-ups because those just seemed harder, and I was like, "That was at the point of the game where I was like, All right, I just need to, I need to move on. I need to finish." Yeah, I did the squats. I did the pull-ups, except I got to the last one, and I was like, "This is ridiculous. I can't even." So I said, "Skip it." But I did do all the the, the squats and tried to do the push-ups, just couldn't get it because I wanted that that trophy. But nope, I, I did <laughs> with a bare minimum of it. Like I'm moving on because I hated it. I that is one aspect of the game I completely because. The budding mashing forward is not how you do squats or or sit ups or anything like that. Like, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, you're trying to keep a pace. Yeah. That's what you're trying I love to do. That get a little faster. Scene, but yeah, it was. It was yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah, no. I just wanted the other championship belt. That's that's really what it was. Yeah, that, that first championship was pretty good. Pretty good uh, accessory. They keep uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. I did skip over one scene that I wanted to talk about. Um, on the way to the Shinra building, I guess when you're walk when you're making your way up, they're kind of you're not recreating the wall scene from the original, but you're doing a different version of it. But you're slowly making your way up all this mess. Um, some of those views of with the sunset going down, like, that is some like like that's some beautiful stuff. Like I was actually like legitimately impressed with that. I was like, damn, this like, looks really good. And you can also see the chaos and destruction of that plate fall. Oh, really? Except for the textures on some of the uh, pre-rendered ones, they were. <laughs> it was just so. It was like so weird because it would look so good, and then you'd look over this way, and it would just look awful. It was just really strange. <laughs> apparently, apparently, but yeah, I was trying to at, take it all in. Look at the plate falling, and that's that's kind of it. And the sun, the sun setting. So, um, I did want to pay attention to that because I, I really enjoyed that scene. Um, Shinner building, go up to uh, go up to the Outlook area. Um, do you guys all take time to look around? I went to every single window I could and looked down. <laughs> Basically the same view every time. I was like, ah, whatever. Yeah, it, it's cool. It's a, it's a night, a city, a big city at night. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so in the Shinder building, in the original, you spend a lot of time running around, back backtracking, trying to find these key cards, running into random characters. I did like. I was I was kind of surprised how they did this, where they're like, "Nope, you're gonna very sequential, sequentially mm-hmm. get your key cards, and you're gonna like purposely walk through this museum and this other thing." Um, the tour. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Oh, I appreciated I that, that cool. very much. Yeah. Yeah, propaganda I thought, exactly. I thought the tour was cool. I looked around at everything. Um, I thought it was funny that some of the bosses recorded dialogue for their little statues. Some didn't. Um, I, I liked that little, yeah. Hojo's was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Hojo in general is, um, but you do go into that, uh, VR area. Very cool. Uh, you get a look at the agents, um, and like what their life was like, which is very cool. I love that whole, like, also like this is one of the few times where it's like basically completely CG. Um, it, there's a few other scenes that are like very CG. I love the mix of, it's just like the original where it's like, you get, awesome scenes with like the normal character models and then you get these like amazing cg movie scenes basically um and that was one of them i love that um though 
I was listening to another podcast, and they pointed out, because I was like, oh, this looks really cool. The ancients look really cool. And the, some, another podcast pointed out, like, this is just Shinra's version or their play on the ancients. We have no idea what the ancients really were like or what they looked mm-hmm. like. Or, um, I mean, I assume they're human or whatever. But um, I thought that was kind of interesting to think about. Like, they didn't necessarily have airships or and, and they probably weren't using um, Mako the way that they are portrayed in this video because of course Shinra would want you to think that they were basically sucking it all up too um, yep. so I thought that was kind of interesting but it was very cool um, and then you get this yes Cosmo Canyon Cosmo. yes yes yep yeah absolutely um, there's even like a yeah cool scene in the original where like it zooms in on their faces and they're looking at all these yeah, the whole universe. Um, yeah, it doesn't remind me because it's also like a kind of circular area. Um, and then you get a scene where you're, for all of us Final Fantasy VII fans, we know exactly what we're looking at in this weird Sebroth vision in the VR room. We're seeing Meteor heading down to Earth. Um, interesting point, though, is like people who haven't played the original are probably just like what the hell is going on why is there a ball of flame heading towards the area like what who is this guy you know i had to kind of listen to other people talk about this game it's very interesting to think about people who haven't played the original and they're probably like why why do we care about Sephiroth? who is this guy why is what's this big ball of fire it's all just kind of like you know it's it's a lot to take in um i thought the whole scene was cool again this is awesome you know, this gives you a perspective and a new way to look at Meteor, basically, from the original. Um, what do you guys think about that? That whole scene, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, a lot of really good-looking scenes. And, um, That's the box art for Disc 3. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're definitely going to get some of that. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I like that whole scene. Yeah, I like it. And I think it, it just kind of ties everything together really well for especially people who haven't played the game before because this is a way earlier introduction to Sephiroth than the original. Yes. So it just kind of, yeah, you kind of get the idea. Okay. This dude, he's, he's, he's the, he's the bad guy, you know, he's also super powerful, right? You know, he's able to infect their minds with the visions and do all Mm -hmm. kinds of crazy stuff. So they definitely, you know, do a good job of trying to tell you a story. They're trying to pull everything together so that things don't feel disconnected. And by this being part one, and we can't just pop in this too, it, it it leaves you like on a cliffhanger. Like I think that does a much better job of kind of pulling you in to say, okay, I cannot wait for the next one. Like I have to play this because what's going to happen? Yeah, you know? there's potentially way more crazy stuff that's going to happen mm-hmm. based on these visions. Really, like I said, I can't wait to talk about this part, but it's really interesting the direction yes. and these visions that ties into it and what that means for future installments of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is the, the yeah, this is one of many scenes that before we really find out who the whispers are or what vision for this game or series is going to be, this is another scene that's like, what's going on here? Why are you showing me this now in Midgar? Um, mm-hmm. There is a scene or much earlier than this. Uh, I I forgot to talk about it. There's a scene, I think, when you're leaving, I think it might be after the plate falls and you're leaving with Barrett and Tifa, and you have a scene with Sebroth on your way to Aerith's house, and Cloud gets a vision of the future. What we know is the future, and he has a tear, he, 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 he's got a, te- like a single tear coming down his face, because he sees the materia going down the steps. Is that earlier? I thought that was later. Uh, it happens earlier, too. 
Must it, have, it is a couple of scenes. It's like a second. It's like a couple that. seconds. It's not nearly as mm-hmm. much as the ending. I think what you're thinking of when you see mm-hmm. a lot more of what we know. Um, but there's just a scene where all you see is the materia falling down the steps. I think, and um, and then he feels an immense amount of sadness. Basically, he has a tear coming down his face. And I remember watching all, it. And I was like, "This is like yeah. nuts. This is like yeah." All I'm saying is she ain't having no materia. All right. <laughs> um, it makes me wonder about this whole yeah, thing. Man, yeah. just so curious. All right, well, let's get to it. Um, so we th- let's talk about Hojo, because um, you do end up in Hojo's lab, just like the original. Uh, now, earlier in the game, they mentioned that Aerith has to come willingly to uh, the Shinra building. When you guys heard that, did you? Take that to mean what I took it to mean about what she was gonna have to do willingly with Red Thirteen because of what they imp- uh, what they insinuate no, in the original. I think we, I know what you're talking about. No, I, I didn't take it that way. Okay, I definitely I was it, like, "Ooh, this is creepy. Like, this is gross. Like, yeah, she's gotta be willing to, you know, reproduce." with because the whole scenario was that Earth went to go find Marlene. Yeah, and when she found Marlene, Shindra found her, and they said, "Look." Either you come with us, or we're gonna hurt this girl. Yeah, essentially. And they True. Said, okay. Yeah, they just mentioned earlier that the reason they haven't taken her when she was even and young, she has, to come, willingly, she has yeah. to come willingly. But I thought was, I went, I went down a dark path. That's just the way my mind is. <laughs> I went down a dark path, and I was like, this is bad. Um, but it's not as that as not as bad. Break into Hojo's lab. You meet Red Thirteen. Complete badass. I mean, Red Thirteen is awesome. Um, like as soon as I saw his character model, he looks a little tiny bit goofy, maybe, but like the whole idea is goofy. So I, I think he looks awesome. His flame tail is like real, like you can actually see the flame. Um, mm-hmm. and then you get this weird scene with him and Aerith where he, where she like calms him down. I didn't really know how to, uh, I think some people are taking that a weird way that, that she's like giving him a bunch of information or something like that. I just took it as... He had been brainwashed by Hojo. She was clearing him of that brainwash. Um, yeah, how did that's you guys exactly what I thought. Weird scene yeah. or connection. She's, she's I thought the same thing. Yeah. yeah, she just healed him. That's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, because in the original, and as far as I can tell in this this game, he is young for his species, but he's extremely smart and knowledge and knows a lot about the Earth. He was just acting crazy because Hojo, you know, did some experiments on him. So I had heard other people talking about how she had kind of given some of herself to him that's why he knew so much but i believe it's just because he's a well-read tiger and reads a lot I mean, of books hojo got him for a reason like yes. he's connected you know yes. he, there's it's something special about him in age or whatever you know it's it's that yeah. he's smart it, yeah um, and i think his species holds a lot of you know keys to the world so um i think red 13 was awesome yeah you guys overall impressions of that and the fact that he's not playable how do you guys feel about that I was okay with him not being playable because I don't need more playable characters. There's enough to juggle as it is. So I was okay with him not being playable, but him still being part of the party. So that was actually pretty cool that he was there. You'd have to worry about him. He would attack. He would do his things and you didn't have to manage him. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. See, awesome I, I didn't know about that. Yeah. It's like, battles can be so hectic sometimes, but now I now think I'm back. I was like, I did get healed a couple random times. And I didn't know if that was him. I didn't have auto cure on anyone else, so obviously it wasn't anyone else. But um, I I agree with both you guys that it's just like I had enough going on. I didn't need to have another person to juggle. Um, 
you can see the material in his uh, collar. Do you guys notice that? Just like all the mm-hmm. other weapons, I think that's pretty cool. Um, what, what did you think, uh, Delvin? I loved it. I thought it was great to have an extra character walking around with you that you didn't have to worry about. Yeah. Fight by, by your side. And I was cool with it. I was cool with that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, thought, I, thought, I think we all agree on that. Um, I, I think the reason I brought it up because originally they say they came out and said a long time ago Red 13 is not going to be a playable character. Everyone freaks out, right? Like, oh, this is. Well, it turns out with the story and everything, just let it go because it, it turned out to be a good thing. So, um, I was extremely happy that sec- that meeting him and getting him into your party. Um, pretty long drawn out. Another long drawn out section of the game that I didn't really particularly enjoy was working your way through Hojo's lab. Um, Man, ugh. I was doing that last night. Yeah, yeah. I, I, oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it happened a while longer for the rest of us, but um, oh lord! Section I didn't really enjoy. Um, you do see Sephiroth on the on the um, catwalk. That was cool. Um, very rapid, very reminiscent of other things. Also, if Cloud has a freak out. It calls Genova his mother, um, which I believe is actually a, another question from our friend cousin Cezio. Because uh, yes, he asks. I'm not gonna ask his first part of the question, but he asks why he said mother while he was looking at Genova. Um, I because we know the original. I just assume it was because he's a clone. He he's a somewhat clone of Sebroth, right? Is that how that works? Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, I've, yeah, it is much yeah. later, I think. Um, yeah, and this is another thing that gets kind of weird between people who have played the original who haven't played the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm assuming cousin Serial hasn't played the original because you would know that, like, and this is like almost like spoilers for a. You know, a, well, a game from the '90s, from '97. You know, and I think we're getting into more of why it doesn't really matter about spoilers so much. But Sephiroth is Genova is his basically his mother, because um, he was created from her genes or, or parts or whatever. What are you gonna say, Devlin? I think I, he, to, to my knowledge, because Cecil's played the original and has watched the movie Advent Children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's into it. I don't. I get what he's trying to say. I don't think he maybe he's saying why he's is Cloud saying it so early. Yeah. As opposed to because he, he doesn't he's technically not supposed to know this yet. Well he I mean in, in this game and the original, Cloud's like a un um uh, unreliable narrator. Um mm-hmm. you know, he he's like a, that classic like movie trope of like he can tell you a story or tell you things about Sephiroth, but you don't really know the truth because He's obviously having weird hallucinations and having freakouts and uh, you know these crazy things going on with him. So uh, you know when I see stuff like that, I I know it's just I assume it's just because he's just a clone and he has a brief thing where he's like, oh, it's my mother because he's a clone, but he forgets about himself almost um, his mm-hmm. own uh, you know feelings. Um, the narrative that he's telling, which is essentially Zach's story almost. Yes, um, which we have to get into that because I. I honestly still have confusions about Zack and Cloud, and I, it's so hard to remember from the original. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, make it to the top of the building. Barrett dies. Were you guys, like, shocked as hell about this whole scene? Yeah. Yeah. And I was... So, well, it, yes. Well, okay. the, the way it plays out makes perfect for the story they're telling. Yeah, with the whispers. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
this is the very first like, I think real I, that's the whole point of the whispers just yeah. so like okay yeah. this, so this is the first we, clue. we're going to keep this in line this here this this major, could go this way yeah. so this is the first other major clue, clue. That's other clues they give you that small like when you're trying to escape from um I think it's Reno in the in um in the house in the, yeah. in the church yeah yeah the whispers will help you escape leave yeah. certain, help you escape and leave I think it's one part where I think Aerith falls and they pick her up. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yep. Throughout the whole game, they're helping you or hurting you hurting. Or, or stopping you. And this is the first time where it's like they literally are bringing someone back to life. And it's just kind of crazy. Um, I think later in the game, they take somebody. Like yes. Straight up milk. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, Around the same time. Ah, uh, yeah. That makes perfect yes, sense. I now. think it's right after the Jehovah fight where you. Um, but yeah, Barrett comes back to life. Um, you basically had this is where you when you this is this is this starts the boss fight ending of the game where it's just nothing but boss fights, <sighs> which I love. I know I see Deb was not feeling it. Um, Man, I, like I think it was just because I played all of that at the same time and late at night. It was just like, can I get a break from all these yeah, boss yeah, fights? Yeah. It is like nonstop. Um, I really liked it though. The Genova fight. Uh, like, I like the Genova fight. Yeah, the Genova that, fight was nice. That, was uh, that is cool. that's one where using uh, Aerith is like fantastic. Just sit yes. back, heal, pray, keep everything going. Like that was like ah, oh, that was I loved that fight. Yeah, yeah. Use her uh, her uh, arcane ward or whatever, so she can double mm-hmm. uh, use magic and stuff like that. High powered magic. That whole fight is awesome. The music just incredible. Oh. Like. It kicks in like the classic Genova theme at times, like. But as soon as it like really kicked in, or was like, I was like, this is awesome. Like I was so into it. Um, brought me right back to the ship uh, fight in the original. Um, mm-hmm. I was a little bit confused. That fight ends, and there's uh, what we know to be clones. Uh, who like he was there? He was Genova. I I guess I can't remember. I can't remember what the reveal of Genova was there. Um. I think it was a clone, but I can't remember. Because um, you do defeat Genova, then you go back outside and you find a clone. It's so confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too many, too many, uh, I don't know, fake outs. Um, but I like that Genova fight um, quite a bit. Yeah. Chase down Sabroth outside. That's when he turns out to be a clone or disappears into a weird clone figure. And you're like, all right, whatever. Yeah. There's whispers Jumps everywhere. off the building. And then Rufus. <sighs> I did not like that, that fight. Was a, I was just was like, really? Heard one. I was like, really? This dude? Like, uh, that fight it just irritated that me. That fight was irritating honest. because, yeah, anytime you try to slash at him, it's just you and him. Every time you yeah. try to slash at him, he just dodges it and, like, pushes you down, basically. And then shot gets you in the back of the yeah, head. So, exactly. like, that was it was irritating as all heck. Yeah, that was such a pain. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. That that fight that get me a little, I was like, this is just annoying. Um Nathan, what did you think about the the Genova fight as well as the Rufus fight, which Dev obviously mm-hmm. it was a lot of time, <laughs> right? Kind of, for sure, Triple Slash was your friend there. See, yeah, I yeah. See, I thought you would have. I thought you would have liked it more strictly because of the yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I, I would agree. With um, but yeah, then you get to the Rufus fight eventually. Um, no, no, it was not. not. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it took me a while no. to figure it out, though. I, I figured it out, like, right away. Got rid of the dog. Realized I could attack him when he reloads. But still, I'm like, this... It's 
part of it was because of how late I was playing it and the fact that it was just another boss fight after another boss fight. And I'm just like, yeah, I just want to attack. I don't want to have to just sit here and wait. Like I was ready to just keep going. And that just drove me to irritation. Like uh, it and I beat it the first time. It just took forever. Um, yeah, I, 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 I can see your frustration. Um, motorcycle uh, fight or scene. Uh, cool. <laughs> was it was what's wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my Bahamut fight. Yeah, I had no problem with that stupid boss. That 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 truck boss thing, like that was easy for me. But it was just long. Like it didn't need to be as tedious. So I totally understand the irritation with it. Cause I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, cool. I'm thinking I'm done. I can get through this. It's like cool. We'll just push through, no problem. But man, like some of those fights are just long, like unnecessarily long. Oh yeah, it was great. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You found a spot for it? You found a home for it? <laughs> nice. Why did that Chelsea Roche never get in the game? Which is weird. It, w- it was weird. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are hinted at in this game that aren't. <laughs> 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 uh, I, 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 I thought that boss fight was kind of cool. Um, I didn't really have a huge problem with it. It, it did run a little long, but um, I, I did like that kind of section. Um, and then you get... This is where things start to get off the rails after that boss fight. From here on forward... Things just get weird, right? Sebroth shows up. He opens up a portal to go fight Destiny. And I think this is when it's kind of explained to you by Air and Red 13. Um, who the Whispers are. What's that? Yes. Um, between the two of them, they basically explain that the Whispers are Destiny. And it's a. this is where I get like... I, I get hot and cold on a, this part of the game, but originally, what I was I thought what I was thinking is that Aerith was basically saying that Sebroth is the worst thing about the planet, but he also wants to defeat Destiny, or, or he makes it seem like he's on Destiny's side, so they have to go defeat Destiny. I, that's the that's the way I played it in my mind is that Sebroth almost tricked them into wanting to defeat Destiny. Um, but that could be because at this point in the game, we realize, okay, we're about to go defeat the whispers so that we can forge our own path that is separate from the original. Did you grasp that's, it, Nathan? Cause I got an idea. That's not what I thought at all. I'm a, I'll tell you what I, yes, I don't have dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think at this, at this point in the game, when you're fighting the whisper during the whisper boss, Dev, I know you had trouble and were pissed off last night about it. Um, I I did like it. I did assess them, so I knew I was like, okay, this is T- Cloud, Tifa, and Barrett, um, who you're you're fighting. Um, I liked that whole fight. I liked. I actually thought it was a cool mechanic that you have to stagger one of them in order to hurt the big boss. I thought that was kind of a cool thing. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to basically cheese it when they do when they do turn into uh, Bahama or whatever you want. That's what I call them. What do you guys? What do, how do you guys say Bahama? I say Bahamut. Bahamut. See Bahamut. Weird. <laughs> what do you say, Delph? Bahamut. Yeah. Bahama. Yeah. Okay, you're wrong, Dev. Um, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you guys are all on the wrong coast. So yeah, whatever. that that part was hard. <laughs> uh, it was cool, but it was hard. Um, I didn't. Per- I, the one thing I don't like how big the enemy is. I had the same the same exact problem in Final Fantasy 15, where like some of these fights are just too grand, where it's like I can't even concentrate on like my enemy because they're so big and there's so much going on. 
Um, so then I had like weird flashbacks to like fighting Leviathan and, and Final Fantasy 15 and like there's too much going on. Um, yes, I completely screw him. To talk about Mother effing Chadley. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of that that little guy? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I actually re- I had read about that uh, after I beat the game. Um, and I think that's very cool. A Hojo creation, and um, you've just been helping out help this. But he's definitely creepy. Let's get. I mean, let's get that straight. He's creepy. I was gonna say that. Yeah. Yes. What did I, say? I can't remember what he said, but I do remember I talked to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude is definitely a creep. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I I started out doing really good on his missions. I did not. I tried beating leviathan once failed and i was like ah, i give up i'm not i don't need it. um so i didn't get leviathan or any other summons after that how many more yeah i didn't I, get I, that it has to be i mean <laughs> that has to be like the the one i assume in uh part two of this series they'll have like a neo bahama um and, and keep going from there so um but uh okay fight the whispers defeat them whatever set then you have the fight with Sephiroth. um well i can't remember do you do you have the CG fight with him up in the creation of time? Or the edge of have... creation. You yeah, fight him fight first. Him physically. I like that. And fight. then you have the edge of creation. Because he, oh. he almost felt like it was impossible. At first I was like, can you beat him? Like It seemed like I wasn't doing any damage. But then you realize, okay, you can stagger him and do this or that. And, um, yeah. oh, yeah, so I don't know. The whole time. Did, um, yeah, that's the, both. But I also heard this is another section where, depending on how you treat people, depend it will result in who comes to help you fight him so i again got tifa okay so i wasn't tripping because i remember watching something where barrett was at the fight but i only had tifa and Aerith. i didn't have barrett yeah so i had fun yes right i was just wondering because you said you get you get different people to help I do you because i you saw i swear i saw a fight that had that had barrett, barrett but i do know that you can sometimes Aerith comes to you first um to help out and that's just like a weird another little detail um, mm. I liked that boss fight. Um, one winged angel. I mean, iconic. And like, I don't I even remember at what point in the fight, all of a sudden, he's like, he's got one wing. There he is. He's he's got it's it. It's when he pins you and Tifa, right? Yeah. And then Aerith comes. Yeah. Well, that's how it happened. And, for me, and it's but. like, okay, this is just getting crazy. Like, just fan service glory. Because um, both him and Aerith look, him and Tifa look at each other when he does it. When he pops out the wing, they're like, what the. Mm. I, I, I like that whole that whole thing. Cool. Um, but then it continues to get weird, really weird, because you have that weird scene with Cloud and Sephiroth and their creation. I can't remember what they call it. Creation of the Cloud. edge. The edge of creation. Edge of I creation. only remember because I was there today. <laughs> yeah. So he extends his hand. Uh, he obviously doesn't take it because Cloud. But then he says something about like, "You will have seven seconds. What you do with it is up to you." So they're like. I was waiting for a seven second amount of time for us the game and it wasn't there and I was like, What the hell? Like why did he say that? Anyone have any ideas on that? Or remember that? I, I have some ideas because if you go back to the they were saying earlier about the whisperers, the whisperers were like the race from Flash. The whole time and destiny to the certain standards. That's why certain characters could not die. That's why when Barrett got killed, they immediately brought him back. Yes. And, and that's why they Came back and got Wedge. Yes, I yes. Uh, so we'll talk about that now. Yes, they do kill Wedge because he is seemingly escaping destiny by surviving as long as he did. And then they yes. literally say, "Nope, we're throwing you out the window." Um, what about and, Biggs though? 
Because you see Biggs at the end, we're, like, wait a minute. Get, we're gonna get, I'm going to get that right now. What's, <laughs> yeah. what's happening in the game is, is that, from, my, from what I'm gathering is, this Sephiroth in this game is the Sephiroth from the original Final Fantasy VII. But he knows the ending of Final Fantasy VII. He knows that he loses. So he's, he basically came back in time to try to stop Cloud from be, defeating him by getting Cloud on his side. That's, that's why I love so an imperturbation. When he's on the bridge or at the end of the highway, did you take it the same way as I did? That he was almost tricking them into thinking by giving them flash forwards of the future. Do you think he was almost I, tricking them into defeating Destiny for him? It's he wanted them to defeat Destiny so that they can have free will. And I think the reason why Cloud's having those visions is because he kind of is getting the remnants of what Sephiroth because because they're both connected. Yes, so he's okay. kind of seeing the future for himself, and I think Aerith is getting a little bit of that too, and that's why he keeps having these flashbacks and flash forwards of time because time is kind of basically going in on himself. Yeah, but like, yeah, go for it. Yes, mm, right. I think. Wow, it, it's, it's very interesting because the end of the game plays on that because it opens up the universe in so many different ways. Like you see, Biggs is alive all of a sudden. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my question. I was like, because they defeat Destiny in the present, does that also mean that they completely changed their entire, their past and present and future? Like, I mean, but then, yeah, then, so yes. then I didn't understand the scene with Zach. Then. I, I, go ahead. I'll let you give your theory. Yeah. And, I, and if you notice, they, they purpose, very, very purposely show off um, the dog, the, uh, the, uh, the stamp. And it's a it's a different dog completely. Mm-hmm. It's like a different stamp. So it's got to be like an alternate. It's either an alternate reality or a past reality. Um, like man, that's what made it's, me it's, think like maybe they somehow. It's the remake. It's just the remake. Yeah. Like when you think about all of the stuff that you guys have said, all the things we're pulling together, it's like Sephiroth and Aerith have gone back and they're remaking what they wanted to be. They're remaking Destiny. Like the whispers have tried to hold this in check, and they're like, "Nope, we're gonna remake Destiny, and we're remaking Final Fantasy VII. You're gonna see all these little differences, like Biggs being alive, the weird stuff with Zack. You're gonna start to see all these different things, and I, I feel like the whispers are gonna continue to be a part of the game where they're trying to herd everything the way it's supposed to be, and you're gonna continue to change your destiny, which is then gonna trickle down and change other people's destinies as well. Yeah, so I. I don't think the whispers will be in the second. I think that we're done with them. Like I, I think you're right, completely right, up to the point of the whispers. Because I think at this point now, Square Enix and the developers are going to be like, "All right, from here on out, this is our own story and our own take on the whole thing." And because you defeated the whispers in the first game, you can't really talk shit. <laughs> Frankly, like, and, and um, another thing, I kind of think the whispers are like angry final fantasy 7 fans <laughs> they're, right they're like that's what they are they're like these angry fans who want you to stick to the original and it's like square enix saying no actually we're gonna make you kill them off i would have swore i read an article that came from the who the developers of the game saying that they weren't going to change the story oh i will say this i read that same article and then mm-hmm. later this week they came out. Somebody came out and said, "We haven't even started writing the story yet." Yes, they don't yes. know where they're gonna go. Yes, so it's a while. They don't know whether it's gonna be a trilogy, whether it's gonna be, or when this game is even coming out. They're still in the planning phases for the sequel. So 
they don't even know what they're gonna yeah. what direction they're gonna take it into. Unfortunately, I think that's yeah. I, I don't think I don't think we're gonna see a second game for quite a while. Um, I mean, it's great that they have some assets already created and the material systems created, so that probably saves you a little bit of time in development. But like, there is so much story to be developed uh cg scenes if we're going you know there there's no more midgar i assume after this so all the other cities or whatever so there's a lot left to do um yeah i guess do we let what are your guys's opinions on what they did this is what they I think did it's they, interesting you think it's interesting i think, I think that um going back to the whole zach scene if i remember correctly that scene happened after this, after sephiroth said you have seven seconds think of something right yeah i think that's is cloud changing destiny for Zach? Yeah, because in the original, Zach doesn't make it back to Midgar, but in this one, he's still alive on his way back. Yeah, exactly. I think that Sephiroth changed that one moment in Cloud's life so Zach can live. So I think there's a good chance we'll probably see Zach in the next game some type of way. And that might be changing Cloud's destiny, maybe to. I think Sephiroth was trying to appease Cloud in a way to get him to kind of. Join his side, and I think it's gonna be really interesting how they tell that story. Maybe you start off the next game playing as Zach. Yeah, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nathan, what do, what are you overall feelings towards what they're doing here? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Advent children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, we fail in Final Fantasy VII? Did I miss something? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Oh, I see. I, I mean, just I like completely missed that. It's just like what COVID is doing right now. COVID is trying to kill us off and <laughs> reclaim the planet. Yeah. Okay. Because this whole COVID time, Sephira. I've been trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. See, I remember that. But I, okay. Interesting. Um. So that, that gives Aerith a lot of reason to things. But um. Dev. So overall impressions. I mean, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm just more excited to see where it's going to go. I mean, it's kind of like a whole Thanos snap type situation going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always just crazy when you try to play with, you know, timelines and how one thing affects another thing and how everything trickles down. So, I mean, like, like Nathan said, it's, it, they're remaking the events of Final Fantasy VII. So do I get to live in a world where Aerith doesn't die or she doesn't drop the material? Like, it's just, it's so crazy to think about what, the next things are coming like we we had in mind that this was just going to be just a remake a reimagining of final fantasy 7 and that all the regular events would kind of just play out the way they we would assume they would and now we're looking at a totally different scenario where we're playing pretty much a new game possibly and i think that's very very exciting so i'm i'm all for it and i can't wait to see where the rest of this goes i just hope it doesn't take another 20 years <laughs> That's yeah. my biggest fear with it. Like, like they said, they haven't even started yet. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah, it is concerning. They might not know where to take the story next. They just set it up so that they could take it anywhere, um, which is good, I guess. Um, I also don't have a lot of faith in modern Square Enix's ability to tell a coherent story, in my own opinion. I Just because the last couple of Final Fames... And like even Roche as a character, <laughs> I, I like fifteen. See, yeah, I'm the I'm the fifteen hater here. So, um, but even like Roche, like I I think he's a dumb character, and like that's the one new character that they you know big character, that, and that's like, oh, is that my, am I just gonna get more of that in another game? I don't know, but um, but I'm sure. I mean, 
just give me Junin in Costa del Sol and give me all those cool cities and I'm probably gonna be with it um yeah. like I mean Junin is like that is the coolest I like a literal town that's a canon <laughs> like that is so cool um so I, I I also I I like what they did it gives them opportunity to do whatever they want I was definitely still confused and I am still confused I think we're all supposed to be a little confused um but very cool. Uh, I cannot wait to see more. I'll probably go back and play a little bit. Um, not nearly as much as Nate, but um, yeah. Jesus, you are. Uh, you deserve to have that statue. I'll tell you that. Um, I pro. No way. Um, you're I'll do it on. I'm. I'm gonna do it on PC. Screw your Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm. Overall, though, I'm great game. I mean, you, there's no doubt mechanic story your story might be a little bit confusing to some people but absolutely amazing achievement that they created i, I love the game overall um yeah i think that's it um i do have two last quick questions from cousin sees hill one of them is offensive i think um he wants to know do you think they will pull a flash flashpoint joke slash flashpoint trick and make marlene a boy in the new timeline like they did on the show with arrow diggles kid i can explain that yeah delvin you you okay. you're the only one who can decipher this DC okay <laughs> crap i'm pretty sure nate knows what's up to yeah <laughs> in the in the cw universe after the flashpoint happened originally diggle had a daughter who's Arrow's sidekick after flashpoint for some reason well i know what the reason was his, he didn't have a daughter anymore instead he had a son so what yep <laughs> yeah, okay. like the timeline changed, and instead of him having a daughter, he had a son. And then he only why he found out that he once had a daughter was because didn't something happen in the flash? Didn't tell him like, yeah, you had a daughter. Oh, oh god! <laughs> <laughs> Please no. Um, but it, seriously, though, it can't like, I because I don't think genders are gonna change. I don't think nothing's gonna change. I don't think it's a multiverse multiverse thing necessarily. I think it's just it's it's a branching path, right? So it's just well, at the end no of death. it, Barrett says Marlene, I'll come back. So I'm pretty sure she hasn't changed. Yeah, true. Um, the, that's a well, good question. Mom. Oh, that's right. She's with Eris' mom yeah. and Biggs apparently. No, he was he was at the children's hospital or the orphanage. I just saw Green, so I assumed it was Eris' house. No, because yeah, because that's the only place there's flowers. It makes sense that he would go back to the orphanage. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was, cool. Well, I knew right away. Dope. I knew right away it was her too. Yeah, <laughs> she just popped up out of nowhere. Uh, it's you. Yeah. No, I did like that whole storyline though. That was cool. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. The, the, yeah. Um, I can't remember their names right now, but those bandits that are you fight like three or four times and they always crazy. Um, remind me of Team Rocket. Yes. Pretty exactly. much. Very, very reminiscent. Um. Uh. Last question. Um. Is the gold saucer in Midgar? No. It definitely isn't, I don't think. But I can see why you would think that because they talk about Jesse working at the Gold Saucer. I think you're just supposed to assume that. Sh- what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. But there's there's a lot. There's Costa del Sol theme music too, and some other theme music. Um, the question is: Is Jesse still alive? Can we get? Can we bring her back? Can we just? So her gloves are. Her gloves are there, right? At the end, right? Yeah. So I. It's another one of those things where they could bring her back, or. They- you know, it, it's completely. Yeah. I will sacrifice Wedge for her at all times. <laughs> yeah, no I one, no one wants Wedge anymore. Me too. He's not enough. <laughs> I mean, I like Wedge, but you know, yeah. take uh, Jesse instead of What did you guys think about the mayor being part of Avalanche? Thought it made sense. Doesn't make sense. 
I said it makes sense. It oh, yeah, yeah, sense. yeah. I like that. Because yeah. it, it explains how these clearly affluent soldiers was able to get in this building yes. and go up all these steps. Exactly. Murder people and nobody like, says, says anything about it. Um, right. Did you guys pay his uh, his guy the 10,000 gil? Sure yes. did. Sure did. did Give me that weapon. Uh, I, I, was, I, mean, I was half tempted. I was like, no, screw this guy. But I, I knew for 10,000 gil, I knew they weren't just going to rob me of that. So I was like, all right, they'll give me something. Uh, it ended up being a weapon I, I never used, but I had to know. Uh, so for Tifa, Cl- <laughs> for Cloud, it was um, mostly the Buster's. I, I, and I'm super glad I kept the Buster Sword for all of the scenes at the end of the game, because um, um, I can only imagine like having something ridiculous like the nail bat uh, equipped for like the fight scenes with Sephiroth. <laughs> um, I never, never used that, but I had me I, either. I, I use um, for him. I used uh, the Buster Sword. Tifa, I don't, I don't remember. I didn't. It wasn't uh, Barrett. Or was the um, Big Bertha? Yes, Big Bertha. That's right. Yep, had to stick with that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I really like. Well, that. I kind of because of Chadley, I ended up like going through all the weapons just to acquire all the abilities. Yep. Um. So at the by the end of it, I was using the last weapon you find for uh, Tifa was the purple gloves or whatnot. So I was using those on her. See, I didn't find I those. Had yeah. I was purple rain. Yeah, yeah. Purple I was using those. Purple pain. Um, purple pain? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Obvious. I had those. Yeah. Or, uh, the last sword that you get for, for Cloud, that's the one I was using by the end of the game. Just because I didn't feel like changing stuff out. Um, that was that was, that was was the main weapon I used for. I was using Hard Edge. That was what I was using for the majority Is that the one the with the Japanese writing on it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I did like that one a lot. Um, a high damage, yep. I ended up sticking with the Buster Sword. That was just like, more balanced. Um, Tifa's Star Shower ability, awesome. Yeah. That was I nice. used that a lot. Um. But yeah, I uh, that was kind of it. Oh, another scene, another little thing we didn't talk about because it happened um, during the plate falling. You see Kate Seth. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, sitting on the edge, like watching it, like oh, okay. yeah, that was interesting. Oh, I know. I've listened to a right. few newcomers <laughs> talk about that. They are so confused. They're like, what is this weird talking cat doing? Mm-hmm. Or, or a robotic cat? They don't. They have no idea. I do think that you could put the pieces together by. I mean, we'll just say it here. I mean, the cat is uh, Reeves because um, he has an original. But they, they make it kind of obvious because you, you see the scene with Reeves being super upset about the plate falling. And then they show the cat uh, being upset. Like, he couldn't stop it. Um, so I think that they do fuck him out. Um, I don't think they hint at any other character. Um, no, I mean, it would make... I don't know why you would hint at Sid or Vince. Uh, it, they could have hinted at Vincent, but they didn't. Um, or Yuffie. Yeah, or Yuffie. Mm. Mm. The space program. Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. whole storyline with him is that they shut it down, but then they bring it back. Um, just a, a huge... Um, speaking of huge material, is that what Scarlet was working on? We have that weird scene of Scarlet where oh yeah, where she's doing the material stuff. Out. Yeah, is that mm-hmm. supposed to be huge material or something? Yeah, um, Makes I did sense. like. That. I thought that was kind of a funny scene. She's using a soldier a footstool, or I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. And it's just but wasn't it originally green and they turned it red? Hmm. I just saw it last night, so it's fresh in the memory. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, that's, 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 you did it on purpose. You did it. You waited until the last <laughs> second on purpose for us for the pop. You know. Um, any other last thoughts? I can't think of any other scenes that jumped out to me. Overall, yeah, I, 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 I'm super excited. About this. <laughs> he hasn't listened. You're going to have to tell him fast forward an hour and 40 minutes in. You coward. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You might wait 20 years. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I could definitely. I'm with you I, on that. Anyone Nate. listening should uh, definitely say something to Kevin. Make him listen or like him. Make him play this game. I think he would enjoy it. Um, yeah, then if he picks up anything that's a part one of any other game, you got to give him crap for it because why not just wait till all of the parts are done? So well, I don't want to see Kevin any playing original story ever, right? You can't. Yeah, play. I don't want to see Kevin playing part one of anything. Anything yep. that may have a sequel, I don't. I don't want Kevin to yep. play it until all pieces have been released. Yep, can't play Ghost the, of Tsushima. That, that, that's definitely gonna have a sequel. Shouldn't have played Horizon. That's gonna you know that's gonna have sequels and. <laughs> can't play anything really no no original <laughs> stories let's just take it a step further kevin's not allowed to watch any of the mcu anymore until it's completely finished <laughs> there you go <laughs> um yeah fully agree no. um you guys all good do uh we all good here all right yeah uh, i think we're gonna call it a pod um uh, i really appreciate you guys letting me host this thing play this game together i had a lot of fun um freaking final fantasy 7 guys back baby yeah yeah after all it's this back time, in a major way yes yes I, I cannot be happier about how we're talking about that's gonna be it boys um and yeah cue cue for the fight music <laughs> all right we're out <laughs>